we carry here? Football Fire. This is the Pyro Podcast, episode 14 of the 2015 offseason. This is show 178, and we're going to be rocking out draft day do's and don'ts as our content uh, for this week's podcast. Pretty fired up to knock out a bunch of things you should definitely try and do, and definitely a number of things you should stay away from doing. Each of us are going to put forth a bunch of kind of our preferred do's and don'ts, uh, and then you can get a, uh, a good sense of a whole number of them and things that you should consider as the drafts come up. Uh, I am here, as usual, with Houdini to the left of me. I got Stag Party across the way, Dogmaticas to my right, I'm D-Rex, we are Pyromaniac.com, and before I get into it here, I just wanted to say thank you very much for all the people that are giving us reviews on iTunes. Please, if you haven't, go check that out. Go up, give us a five-star review, write a little write-up, uh, a rating, give us a little write-up, uh, and, and get, that's just helping us. We actually did have some movement uh, last week uh, in that directory, so that's great stuff. You can subscribe to us there if you're listening on iTunes or using Apple products. We are also on Stitcher for those of you that use Android, and that's your preferred route, and also Spreaker is another uh, environment for podcasts that we are available. Um, so... Check those things out. What's up, fellas? Good to have you back in the mix. Holy crap, do we talk about fantasy football together a lot. That's, <laughs> it's, become, it's become a regular thing, I think. A week, a week apart is kind of starting to seem... I don't know if it's old age and growing, but it's starting to feel like every three days. <laughs> <laughs> Time goes a lot faster the, you know, the older you get, that's for sure. Oh, boy. Because you can't, can't remember. Get, yeah. get ready, can't stags. Can't yeah. wait. You can't even remember what you did. So you just I'm ready for my weekly uh, old people advice from you guys. <laughs> You're getting it from the best old people. Have you ever seen the movie? Uh, 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 I, I forget. <laughs> just staying alive? <laughs> yeah, have you ever seen the movie Staying Alive? No. Can't say I have. Have you, ever heard, have you ever heard of the movie Staying Alive? No. Have you ever heard a song by the Bee Gees? Yes. Okay. Then I bet you it was Staying Alive. <laughs> <laughs> and if you don't want to stay alive, have you ever no, seen They no, Live? No. 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 Oh, that is that's oh, a great man. movie. Holy yeah. cow! <laughs> if we only had, a, if we could do a three hours of all the movies that this fella should should see, maybe that'll be a podcast in the next off season. Where I, we're I love sick it. of talking it's about a, fantasy. It's a great football. idea. Uh, it was good times last week. 
check out our show from last week. We did uh, some wagering. Uh, so while it's not necessarily something we have to do on this show, but shows moving forward, if you feel the need to put forth, uh, you know, a bet on something, uh, I think that's pretty fun. People get a kick out of that. We had one open end bet. Uh, dog had to leave early, uh, but Houdini wanted to know, or the group as a collective whole would like to know. If Dog would bet money on Alfred Morris being a top 12 running back next season. If I would bet money on Alfred Morris being a top 12-er. Um, you know, with all the things I'm hearing about Jones and now his backup, I, 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 I'm You're souring a little bit? I'm souring <laughs> a little bit. Uh, the, 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 you know, the rookie's going to be good. I still like Morris, believe me. I, I, he's, he's in a system that's going to get him a lot of points. Um, but it's he's going to have some carry siphon from him, and he's not going to be involved in the passing game as usual. Uh, it's I, I don't know if I'd bet on that. I don't know if I'd bet on that. That's, that's so you're lowering him in your next version of your rank. Yes, I am. Yes, all right. And everybody's like saying right now, who is he? Mike Jones. Matt Jones. What is, new voice? Yeah, what is that voice? It's like the, it's like it's that the Mike Jones Eagle. voice. Oh, oh, okay. All right. That's what he sounds like? Yeah. Uh, I've not listened to the interviews of this. Mike Jones. Come on. Is he a Ricky? Hit Mike Jones up on the low. I like how you got called the Ricky. 8600 The Ricky? Hit Mike Jones up on the low. Speaking of Rickies and, you know, as uh, we keep reading subscriptions, they, they keep getting longer. Like our podcast somehow. The, oh, you mean the write-ups, the reviews, the, the write-ups the reviews for the reviews iTunes. have gotten exponentially longer and more like creative. Last week, yeah, some real creative yeah. writer. There was a real creative writer, mostly because of his name. Um, last week we got it in the last couple days here, May twenty fourth, by by no longer a dick, uh, because <laughs> I believe on a couple podcasts or last week's podcast. Newton has said, stop being a dick and give us a good review on iTunes. So hey, somebody took that advice messaging. And, and said, great stuff. Uh, uh, I was new to Pyro last year and their help and insights won two of my four leagues and won the toilet bowl and the other. Uh, the Euro podcast is full of great info uh, and just fun all around. I have an hour commute to work and the Pyro podcast has greatly lowered my road rage levels. Now, I don't know if the podcast would do that for me. No. <laughs> <laughs> I get a little fired up sometimes. <laughs> it made me an all-around safer driver. Well, you've also never been a big fan of listening to yourself uh, speak anyway. He's changed right? that. I know. No, he's changed that. Yeah. That, just so you know, that no longer a dick is uh, Tony Ralston. So Tony is a big fan of ours on Facebook. We're always having fun there. Thanks for all the people that uh, joined the discussion there. Facebook.com forward slash Pyromaniac. Uh, so if you're not there... Fired up. Yeah. Let's finish off his review. Yeah. The pieces on strength of schedule are com- are completely unique and a vital part of putting together a winning team. Also, the tiering system they have cr- created is immensely uh, helped the way he drafts. I'm glad somebody takes into account tiers besides us because we beat that horse dead like a drum. <laughs> <laughs> what are you uh, saying? There you go. <laughs> And there's eat that horse dead, dead like, like a drum. drum. <laughs> yeah, we're, combi- we're combining sayings. We're just not? I'm just trademarking whatever I want from now on. Right. And there there goes to be some other things about Chicago beers and cheersing and having some Valverdes. And thanks, Tony. We appreciate your review. Uh, we'll read off another one next week. Beautiful, beautiful thing. All right, then polish it off with a tall, cool Budweiser. Well, we're not drinking Budweiser. Actually, this week I'm drinking a, uh, a collaboration. It's called Beer Camp. 
It's Sierra Nevada and Ballast Point. Uh, both, one from Northern California, one from San Diego and Southern California. They came up with a collaboration. It's a seasonal spring beer, and it's, uh, it's pretty good. It's called the Hoppy Lager. Uh, good times. Sierra Nevada is probably one of the oldest uh, microbrews around. So good to, always, good to dip back into theirs. I, I haven't really been drinking too much Sierra Nevada. Other than a beer they have in the mix now, which I love, and they're selling uh, widely, Nooner. Nooner Pilsner. Dang, Nooner Pilsner. Nice. So I get a lot of people like sending me pictures through text when they're drinking a nooner, uh, and I appreciate that I'm what you think of when you're drinking. So uh, very appreciative. Yeah, I get a lot of text people sending me like they're dogs. That's great, great, great. <laughs> I love it all, all day long. Dogs, dogs, dogs. Yeah, thanks, guys. Yeah, I get videos of horrible magic tricks. So what would you rather have? <laughs> oh, good point. And people, people trying to escape. Horrible magic tricks, I think. Does that mean I get pictures of like people alone? <laughs> no, you get pictures of stag parties. A bunch of dudes hanging hanging around with no chicks around. Oh, you just oh. get to text from Ricky's all day. Long. Hey, I'm Ricky. I'm Ricky. Hey, hey one of my best friends is named Ricky, so I got no problem with this. <laughs> well, what are you drinking there? I myself have uh, dipping into an old favorite, Founder Centennial IPA, a very good unfiltered, dry hopped, fantastic IPA, and that's out of uh, Grand Rapids, Michigan, which is basically one of the. the it was uh, number one beer uh, uh, micro beer. It was beer uh, county of the world. Oh yes. no, no, maybe of, in America. Of the United States. Yeah, United, but, this year it was ranked like the. Beer center of the United States. It is the center of good drinking beer there. That's awesome. Founders is, is super good. Uh, super good. And close. And to I'll also say this. Well, on Saturday while I was enjoying Memorial Day weekend, and I was uh, driving an electric boat on the Chicago River, wow. enjoying uh, some uh, Founders session uh, all day all IPA. This. Yes. All this. Good stuff. Don't drink and drive, kids. All right. Stag party. <laughs> You're starting us off here today with your first do or don't. It doesn't I don't think we have to go on a do or don't in an order. Let's just go free form. Throw one out on the gauntlet. What's a do or don't for you, buddy? Do not draft a quarterback early. I've been, you know, preaching this sort of all off season long, and I just keep running mock drafts, and I keep getting Eli Manning in the eighth, ninth, tenth round, and then the rest of my team is just stacked to the brims with wide receivers and running backs that are high upside and reasonably well balanced, and I keep getting like four of my top twenty five running backs, and you know. Five of my top 40 receivers, and then I sprinkle in a top 10 quarterback and a top, you know, 10, 12 uh, tight end, and I love the look of my teams. So much depth to where I can provide, uh, you know, injury, you know, reduce my injury risks, and I've got players to, you know, sort of slide in there in bad matchups when a, you know, Melvin Gordon type running back is going against maybe the Jets or something. I could slide in uh, a T.J. Yeldon going against Tennessee. Rookie, rookie. Ricky, Ricky. Ricky, Ricky. <laughs> he, that's a guy that people are talking about, T.Y. Uh, or T.J.? T.J. Yeldon. So you saying T.Y. T.J. Yeldon, uh, he's slowly going to be creeping up. Even though he's on Jacksonville and you'd think people would want to stay away from that team, he's already, I think, what, the 27th uh, ADP for running back right now. And I just think that he's gonna get he's gonna get the starting job. He's gonna be named it pretty early. And I can see he's a guy that I can see Yeldon when it's really draft time and not mock draft. I can see him in the top twenty. In all honesty, you look at some of those names beneath them, and it's it just not most people are gonna take that upside and that what if 
uh, with Yeldon, I believe. Well, you know, to talk about just quickly about another rookie though, who I have been moving up my charts, and I know that I think uh, that Stags and Dog or one of you two guys worry about his ability to break tackles. But I just had people in from Atlanta, and they're all talking up Tevin Coleman. This guy, they really are assuming that he is. In that town, they're saying he's taking over for Devonta Freeman. It's good can we started talking about another, him early. Can, we go, can I go to one of my other <laughs> This has caused like four fights already the last <laughs> five. Last month, it's been like the Devin Coleman's going to put us to punches. We're watching it as it develops. <laughs> can I go with one of my other do-nots, and that's do not draft Tevin Coleman? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Here's you, wrote, you have that written down, don't you? I wrote it down on my little sheet of paper as a note to tell everyone today. Do not draft Tevin Coleman. Uh, Devonta Freeman, you know, they're running OTAs right now. Devonta Freeman's running with the ones, and Tevin Coleman's running with the twos. That's, so that's your early Tevin Coleman, Devonta Freeman actual on the field update is Devonta's running with the ones, Tevin Coleman with the twos, and Tevin Coleman not breaking tackles with the twos. You added that part in. Yeah. I made that, that part, part up. In fact, I made that up. <laughs> right. I'm telling you, when Atlanta sees, when they see that he can't break tackles, right now it's, they're not going totally all out to the point where he's going to have to break tackles. But when they start to see, when they start to ramp it up, and they see that he can't break tackles, they'll be amazed by his speed, which is fine. You know, I, I, They're a dime a dozen. I mean, they're, you know, Jockers Rogers was pretty darn quick, too. Not really fast, but quick. You know, you could name off a million of those guys who are really fast, but if you can't break a tackle in the NFL, you're not going anywhere. And I'm telling you, Devonta Freeman, he knows the system. He knows what's going on there. He's the guy who's going to be starting it off. Um, Coleman will get some carries. He'll, he'll get it going on, and maybe he'll break a big one, and he'll get an extra five carries in the next game. But when, he, when he's missing out on those third and ones, the second and once, and he's losing a yard or two, they'll go right back to Freeman, and Freeman will get this. Uh, I'm They're going to go right back to the passing It's going to be a timeshare, but it's a passing team. Yeah, I, it is I, a I, passing I, team. I agree. I, I see it as a 1A and 1B timeshare. I'm not saying that Devonta Freeman's going to get all the carries. Do you just, want to have either of them on your team? I'd rather have the lower drafted guy, which right now is Devonta Freeman. Devonta Freeman. That's being, not what I asked you. Do you want to have either of these guys I, on I your team? I want Devonta Freeman on my team as a fourth running back. Okay. I don't want him on my team at all. So okay. I don't want either of them, but I do like the idea of a Tevin and that speed. And when I do watch him, I carry you guys. In the, let's not talk about him anymore. This has been... We're beating the horse yeah. with a dead drum. <laughs> We're beating the horse with a dead drum. That's it. We'll mix it up. <laughs> like it. He, he's coining his own. I got to just recoin. <laughs> Dogmatics. Um, let's give us a do or a don't, whatever you, whatever you want. Um, all right. One d- don't. From here's here's one of the big do's that uh, I think is absolutely necessary when you're going into your draft. Um, highlight, and I mean highlight, star, whatever, the deep sleepers. Those sleepers that you know that other people aren't thinking about. Because those are the guys that you can get late that will help you win your league. I'm telling you, there's always, every year, there's always a few guys that nobody knows about, that nobody thinks about, that if you do, you're studying and you listen to us and, and you, you, you get our draft and you get all our, our stuff, I'm telling you, we, we find those gems. And when, we get, when you get those guys on your team, those are the type of guys that will make help you win your league. A, 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 Vic, a Victor Cruz, you know, or uh, uh, God, who, uh, I can't think of a, a couple other guys here, but I know Victor Cruz is one of my big DC. T.Y. Hilton a couple years ago was a big, he was going late yep. in rounds. So yep. he, he, he showed up. 
Yeah, no, it's it's one of those type of things that Jimmy Smith actually, five years ago, four years ago. Yeah, Jimmy Smith. Oh, I did it! You did it! I put it in your head. Unfair. Yes. Unfair. I hadn't he, done it in like a year. He's talking about uh, Jimmy Graham for those. So in brought it into my mental template, you jerk. I would have come at you like a tornado made of arms and teeth and, and fingernails. <laughs> oh, I hate all those things. <laughs> Uh, oh, sorry. Um, so that's that is a, a do that you absolutely have to do going into draft. Highlight them, star them, whatever whatever you do within your tiers, whatever. Make sure those guys are highlighted. So you don't forget about them because uh, you want them on your team. Not only that, I want to throw in in conjunction with that one of my dues, which is especially with these guys in particular. When you whatever site you're using, whether it's ESPN, Yahoo, CBS, whatever. If you have identified who your deep sleepers are, look and see how those people are ranked on those particular websites. Because for whatever reason, sometimes like Yahoo is horrible with all their other rankings, but then they have the one deep sleeper who you're looking for who they have higher ranked up. Yeah, that's possible. Yeah. So know that that, that guy's not going to be as much of a sleeper. So know it's a way to identify through the site that you're using and their rankings for all those people who are either on auto-draft or the people who are only, only looking at the top... Ten guys at each, you know, best available, and know where that value is for those guys too. Well, in, in conjunction with that, I, I mean, it did to beat yeah, a horse dead with a drumstick. Uh, <laughs> a drumstick. You should know. You should actually go to those sites, to ESPN, to Yahoo, to CBS. Check out those rankings because I'm telling you, the nine other guys in your league, that's probably what they're looking at. Uh, you know, I mean, I, I hate to say it, until we. Beat the shit out of everybody, and everybody finally gets it that you, you just come to us. Those are the sites that other people are using. So you're going to know who other, who's going to be going, when, and where, and and you know why because that's the sites that they go to. You can identify what other people are doing by looking at those sites. I'm not saying to subscribe to them. I'm not saying to draft according to them, but know what they're doing because that's what the other guys in your league are probably going to be looking at. Case in point on your. Uh Finding your gems, finding those guys that are going to be good ADPs and you know your sleepers. Last year, and a couple, number of these guys you were pretty high on. Justin Forsett, he didn't have an ADP, not available. wasn't wasn't an ADP Insane. guy, yeah. and he finished eighth at the position. Uh, pretty remarkable. That big, he had over 200 points in standard scoring. That is that's awesome. Lamar Miller, it's a guy I was targeting in drafts last year, knowing that. He was going to get that opportunity. What's his name? Um, you know, Moreno's Moreno. banged up. He he finished ninth. He, his ADP last year was 106. 106. So, uh, and then you've got another guy that's a little bit lower down that you were high on a year ago, dog, which is Isaiah Crowell. His ADP, Big 195. Time, yeah. uh, and he finished with, you know, 28th. He, he kind of had an up and down season. But once he started going there on week seven, they have Isaiah eight, Crowell. I'm looking at the deep sleepers from last year. Isaiah Crowell's right there. Latavius Murray's right there. Absolutely. Uh, you know, some of these guys, you, did, you know, it's, it's, it's amazing. If you could find those deep sleepers, Martavis Bryant was another one yes. of ours. Um, CJ, Andre Holmes, CJ even. Anderson Andre Holmes, somebody Scott, last year. Charles Johnson. Yeah. That was our dad. That was a big deep sleeper in my. So, I, yeah, search well, high and wide thing, for man. these guys. Um, yeah, I, I, I'm not going to go too far. I know I always go a little bit too far <laughs> with this stuff. But. <laughs> Um, look, search high and wide for these guys because one of these guys, these deep sleepers, it's going to make a difference for you. And it's, and it's the difference that puts you over the top and wins you your league. It's awesome. I agree. All right. I've got a, 
since you did a conjunction, uh, what do you got, buddy? Can I get in here real quick? Yeah. I just want to know if you guys agree with my first uh, do and or do not. I didn't get a chance to retort. I don't agree with you. So you want to draft a quarterback early. I just want to bring it back around, make sure everybody has their chance. That's fine. To... I, all right. That, I, I might as well put it in there then because I have as one of my dues is to get a good QB. I was looking at the numbers last year, and there are certain guys that if you waited a little bit um, to, to get one of those middling guys, you probably got screwed a little bit. There, there's some guys that did a lot way better. Roethlisberger, for instance. Russell did, Wilson. Russell Wilson wasn't a middling guy. Russell Wilson was definitely a top 10 QB. The top 10 to 12. I don't know about that. Rank top and, and, We draft? all have them in our top 10 to 12. But draft, I right drafted, to get them drafted like as 10 to 15. QB like 13 to 15. Yeah, I got I got him right in there. 10 to, fi- 10 to 15, and he was my QB2. And I think he was he a lot of people's QB2s. Yeah, well, Kaepernick, you, know, you got screwed. You know, yeah. uh, Rivers, you got screwed. You know, these guys After the just first didn't, half, yeah. Yeah, these guys just didn't do what you expected uh, or hoped they would do. If you're waiting for... You know, till eight or nine, you get Eli Manning. What if Eli Manning flops? You're fooked. <laughs> then you know, then I get you know, somebody else up off the waiver wire who still scores me 15 my, my points. My point is, is that you find a lot of sleepers and, and good, really good receivers and running backs in those seventh, eighth, ninth rounds as well. It's been proven year after year now that wide receivers are deep. They, I mean, they just get, keep getting deeper. And running backs, a lot of the top guys fall, fall on their face. And it's the, it's the, you know, the guys you get a little bit later that end up doing better. So if you have your Andrew Luck, or if you have your Aaron Rodgers, or you, you have your Manning, or I don't like Breeze that much this year, but if you have one of those guys, you, I'm telling you, your, your team is pretty much set. You can go after those guys, those other guys, you know, not everybody's going to get. The, people don't understand how much value there is in those, middle, in those middle rounds. I'd rather use one of those top picks on a guy I know is going to kick ass for me all year long then use it on a running back like Adrian Peterson uh, and him be out of the league for the, for the rest of the year. All of those top running backs last year, most of them, fell on their face. Absolutely. Did. You know? I'll say this. I'm, I'm kind of coming around to your way of thinking, but I'm kind of a meld of both of these ideas. Okay, So I look at Andrew Luck and Aaron Rodgers as the two bona fide guys that if I'm picking, maybe I'm picking at 7 or 8 in the draft and I don't like... The fact that, you know what, maybe somebody reached early and, and they two of the receivers are already gone and, and, and five or, or six running backs are gone ahead of me and I'm picking eight. No, yeah, I'm, give me an Andrew Luck. Give me an Aaron Rodgers there because I like the value before dipping down in, into the lower realms there of, the, of drafting the seventh running back or drafting, you know, now the fourth or fifth and third, third wide receiver in that first round. So, but at the same time, where where do I wait? Now, I don't want to wait as long as you do because I also have a guy like like a Roethlisberger for me is a guy who I, I still love this year. I like everything that Pittsburgh has. Sure. Um, and, and he's a guy that you can grab mid-rounds. So where, you know, maybe for me where I'm looking at, at quarterback is somewhere between rounds four through seven. And I don't, because I've in the past have gone that route of waiting and I think that the, the position now is, is, is better suited to be able to wait. I think it's deeper than it has been over the last, you know, we thought that, it was deeper sure. before, but it, we we saw the the, the shortcomings of, of Colin Kaepernick falling down, and like some of these other guys, when you wait that long, 
that your ability to grab the next guy, it gets really thin because there's a lot of teams out there, too, who are grabbing their second quarterback before you've even grabbed your first. Yeah, or Andy Dalton, or, you know, there's guys like that. It's I don't want to have that guy on my exactly. team. Right. But That's last Stafford, year, after what he somebody, did two years ago, right. people were like, I want Andy Dalton. Somebody bet me that Andy Dalton would have more fantasy points than Andrew Luck last year. I beat his ass after week five. <laughs> I don't think Dalton scored more than Dan. Andrew I can't believe that week. anyone would make that bet. That yeah, is, it was insane. It was, it was shut. It's shut because he's an idiot. He's got guys he hates, and he it makes Stag Party look like he's. Uh, he hates Andrew Luck. Does he hate his beard? Or he does he just hate his no, guys. he, he, he loves Andy Dalton. He, he just was in love with Andy Dalton. That's is he, what is he, he a redhead himself? Like, are you okay? No. <laughs> but the truth is, how are his you know demonstrative statements at the beginning of every draft? I disagree with everyone every time. Yeah. This is a guy that took Stafford two years ago, fourth overall, first quarter. And you're just like, yeah, he had a good season, but. But he's not that. But I, I'm kind of with Houdini here. I think I agree with. I want. I want to get that top five. Oh, I, I want to, before. I don't want yeah. to clarify. I want to clarify. I'm not saying to take Andrew Luck or Andrew Rodgers in those top four or five picks. Those the running backs yeah. that are there to be had, or even those top wide receivers. But if you could get Andrew Luck or Aaron Rodgers, I don't know, maybe the ninth or tenth pick, or even the top of the second round or something like that, and they're still there for you. I don't think it's a terrible call. You can and I think mark, match it up with another top player that's right there with it. And I think in a lot of leagues, those guys are going down. And I think now, I think Manning's back to being third round level uh, talents and getting picked in third rounds. What was that's, the, that's that's a good, that's a good time right there. Do what I was really Lux want to do that? Like that? Probably not. But what was it's a lot Lux better. ADP? Lux Last year it was fourth round. I got him in the sixth. I mean, that's that's got him in the eighth in a di- in a yeah. in a keeper league. You, oh, oh my god! god. <laughs> I'm giving up a six <laughs> round pick for him this year and a fourth rounder next year. <laughs> Here's the thing: after those two guys, are you waiting then? After the cream of the crop that we've established as Andrew Luck and Aaron Rodgers, are you then waiting? Uh, uh, yes, between all the other guys. Manning, Russell Wilson, uh, Matt Ryan. Well, is Ryan? I think Ryan and Roethlisberger are more of like the fifth, sixth, seventh. That's where I'm going. Also, well, Tannehill's on the up and up. Mm -hmm. You still have your Tom Brady out there. There's still still Breeze. I mean, Russell Wilson, no matter how well he does every year, he's still not going to go as high as he should. Yep. Though those guys are going to be there. So if you don't get one of those top two guys, then yeah, you can wait a little bit. I'm just saying, I wouldn't wait until the eighth, ninth, tenth round and get. One of the guys even farther down the list. That's what I'm saying too, because it, it does get thin. Yeah, because as high, high as we are on Eli Manning this year, if he, I mean, you're screwed <laughs> if he does. You know, if he gets his first injury year, or let's say Odell Beckham um, gets his ass kicked by somebody because he's like I consistently say he's an asshole. <laughs> All right, so everybody wants to kick that guy's butt this year. You know, so well, here's what I'll say. Guys that are in that mid range that yeah, if I don't I, I, I probably go I'm targeting these guys based on strength of schedule. Eli Manning, great strength of schedule at four. Ryan, great strength of schedule at three. Romo, great strength of schedule at two. Mm-hmm. I like that vicinity of guys that I think Romo, where are you getting Romo? You're probably getting Romo seventh, eighth, ninth round. Yeah. Or, Maybe there's always That's one or two big bit, lovers in your league. Scared of him in his injury. Yeah, there's always one or two big lovers of Tony Romo in your That's league. That's because they love the big D. And and uh, <laughs> God bless them. If you were a hot dog, you were starving. Would you eat yourself? <laughs> I would. I would. Absolutely. 
Alright, All right. maybe let's, we, we move let's on. Let's move on to another do on. or a don't. Who's got one? Lord, the horse and a drum with a deadbeat. <laughs> <laughs> Alright, speaking of deadbeat, uh, let's let D-Rex go. Oh! <laughs> All right. I'm gonna do. I'm gonna do a draft day do, um, and I'm gonna set it. I'm gonna set it up because it kind of is a precursor for my next draft day do that I'll that I'll do after you guys cycle through this. But this is something I've believed forever since my early early years in fantasy when I didn't really know much about fantasy football, but I knew about players I loved, and it's done me well some seasons. And there's no doubt about it. This do that I'm about to give you. Can blow up in, in your face, but I like to get players I like in a mold where I am crafting the team that I want based on mock drafts, based on players and ADP, and where I want to craft a team that I like based on T players I want to watch. Um, basically, what I'll go into every draft doing is a model of a few different exercises, a few different teams. Usually fielded through a few mock drafts, definitely fueled and conceived as I'm doing these mock drafts and redoing my tiers. You know, we do them every month. I like to craft first pick, second pick, third pick, fourth pick, fifth pick. Not because that's who I have to go with, but this is the ideal team for me. And this, you can really only do this in leagues where you know where you're drafting, which that's going to be a, a, a don't for me later. You have to know your draft position, but try and come up with a model of a team that you want to come out of those first four, maybe it's three, maybe it's five rounds with that team. Whether that's, you know, I want to have a running back or, or a wide receiver based on uh, best value in the first round. The it, the next one is going to be the opposite of that. So if I go running back, the next pick is going to be the best wide receiver on my tiers. And then my next third pick is going to be either the best value out of a running back and a wide receiver again. What have you. I've got a model of teams throughout the offseason that I'm putting together. And I'm looking at them and I'm saying, would I be psyched? Whether this other team that I'm not psyched on might win the championship. Is this a team I'm going to love going and watching, being at the bar with my buddies, being hungover watching on my own couch? I need to love my team. I, I want to, one of my dues, which has like a don't to start it, but it's a do, is the same type of a thing. Don't be afraid to take chance on guys that you love. Because, you know, I'm, I'm the biggest T.Y. Hilton fan, yet I had the chance to grab him last year, and I, and I didn't. And it pissed me off the whole season. Why did I not take this guy? I love the guy. I talk about him all the time. You know, I, I should have a fat head of him up above my ceiling. You know, up above my bed. But you know, hey, yeah, you know, you know, I love him. Hey, uh, <laughs> hey. So I'm, I'm, I'm with you there. When you, you know, where sometimes what that means is maybe you're going to stretch and draft the guy half around, around earlier. But you love the guy. Do you want to not have him on your team, or would you rather feel? Would you feel so much better? When he's there, so don't be afraid. If you have these guys that you just, you know that you're gonna, you want to watch this guy play, you, you want to be invested in him. Don't be afraid. I mean, I agree because I I went against that strategy last year and I drafted Pierre Garcon in like the fifth round and I hate the guy and I spent every <laughs> single week of the season trying to package this dude in a trade and it just <laughs> pissed me off. Like having him on my roster, I'm like like here. Pierre Garçon's a throw-in. Pierre Garçon and Lamar Miller. Give me, give me, you know, a decent AJ Green injured at the time. Give me, give me a decent wide receiver, top fifteen type guy. But I'm just trying to get him off my team as soon as I draft him. And it, you know, 
taking that guy off my tiers or bumping him down further because I don't like him is something I should have done. So that would have moved guys up who I do like in that opposite kind of mold. Because if I'm spending and fretting over hating this guy every week of the season, it's just not going to be good news. And one thing I want to clarify on my model, while it is individually relevant, there are guys that I'm definitely to go on your end, Houdini. There are guys, probably five guys every draft. I know I'm drafting this guy a round or two too early. I know the rest of people are like, you're crazy. You could have got him in two rounds. Every time. I'm so fine with that. It doesn't matter. That's it's my like, second okay. don't. It, it, don't. Don't be afraid I, to go I, early on yeah. a player because you think other people may I just not do not player. care what you think. It, at the end, there ain't no right. This is the guy I wanted. I reached on him. At the end, if he plays all the games, I feel like he's going to be... T- it happens every time. I mean, how many times are you rocking your tears and looking at him and you're like, all right, that's seven wide receivers that are below this guy right now over the last two rounds people are taking. That doesn't mean, what are you thinking? Why do you have this guy so high? Other people don't believe this. No, hold to your convictions. I'm fired up. I'm like, God damn, I'm so glad this guy right here I'm so fired up about is not on their radar. And at the end of the season, which happened this year, there's a couple number of guys that I effed up on last year, real time, where I was like, I knew I loved Macklin, but the dumbass in me went and, and I didn't love friggin' Harvin. Uh, but, you know, sitting there at the moment, Harvin had already played, you know, it was, it was like, you just knew that he, he started out kind of hot, whatever. Just hold, don't be scared. Don't be scared to hold to your guys. But if, if, if on your tiers, other guys beneath you are going and leaving, use that to your benefit. Be psyched on it. Um, but at the end of the day, also, it's not so much this first five players or three players or four players, this team model. It's not about individually going high on a guy or whatever. It's kind of constructing a players that you like, maybe not love, that kind of feel like a right mix to build. It's like a foundation that you're going to build from. Uh, this first four, this five picks should be a foundation that through mock drafts, through your tiers, you've realized, I know that if, let's say, I'm in a 20-round draft, these five guys that I've got, the next 15 picks I have, I'm going to be able to go heavy on wide receiver, heavy on running back, Get an extra uh, quarterback, but I know that foundation, if everything goes right, is got the makings of something special. And while that's happening, I'm actually going to enjoy watching Des Bryant catch a pass as opposed to, you know, another guy that I'm not as psyched about to watch on a regular basis. You know, it's just when your horses are kind of like, you know, it's like the mocks you've mentioned before, where you do a couple mocks and you're like. You went high on uh, running back, running back in one, and you were like, God, I hate my wide receivers. You know, Randall Cobb's my wide receiver one. I'm a wide receiver guy. If Randall Cobb's my wide receiver one, I'm not going to be psyched on that team that year. It's just, it's just the way that my mind works. Does that make it right? No, but it's the way that I'm wired. So, you know, I need to go higher on a wide receiver to get that Julio, to get that Dez, to get, you know, one of these guys that I'm so, I will not miss that game in every play that he kept, that he has all season. All right. Um, so I'll give you one. Unless everyone wants to, has no, anything else no. to add on that. So here's my, one of my main dues. In your draft, you prepare the first two rounds. Map out. Who are your top, if it's a 10-team league, who are the top 20? Order them. Who are, if it's a 12 league, top 24? Order them. So that way, this is, this is your, it, is, it kind of goes with what you're saying. It's that foundation. Who are the guys that you want to build your team around? Make it so it's clear, because I'm in one of these leagues where the draft order is determined 30 minutes before the draft. 
So you better have it all mapped out so that you are not going to get surprised and then all of a sudden you start building your team the wrong way. So go into it, know where that foundation is and, and you can even have it in your mind. You know what, if I have this guy and then it ends up with this, this running back and I get this receiver, I like that starting foundation. Now I can build the rest of the team around it, but know what it is. So you don't want to be sitting there at the number eight or nine pick, because this is always where it kind of happens, right? The top running backs have gone off the board. Maybe the top, maybe those two quarterbacks, maybe Luck and Rodgers are gone, and you're sitting there going, okay, am I taking Julio? Am I going to take... Uh, am I going to take Dez or am I going to... Eighth pick, not eighth round. Eighth pick, eighth pick overall, right. We're talking first two rounds here. So, and then that's your first player that you're picking. And, and the reason is, you know, people have made those mistakes. They go, oh, i got to draft the quarterback. They draft Stafford two years ago at number 10 overall or something like that. That's a disaster. If you would have planned ahead, you would have avoided that pitfall. And that's a major pitfall because those first two rounds are so crucial that, you know... And there are failures in those picks. We know that. There's an ultimate failure of first-round running backs. It's, it's an amazing turnover. But at least have it mapped out so at least you have the foundation to start your thought process in the right way and to build your team from the ground up from the right uh, frame of mind. I love that, and I agree. But I think we can all agree I, that we've won leagues and had some of our best seasons when we totally... Uh, shit the bed in the first two rounds. So while they're so important, at the same time to build that and build that that focus, I I agree on that. When you hit, when you get dogmatic, you remember your draft last year, your first three picks, all of them shit the bed. Be Giovanni and and Ball. Ball. So, but you still had a sweet season, I made the playoffs. Season, yeah, uh, but that's so, not what I'm saying. Though, no, no, I know. Yeah, but I'm just yeah, saying. No, I'm when, saying but when you're yeah. what you're saying, when they hit, when those important that first round, when they hit, and if if, if Adrian Peterson hadn't gotten suspended for the whole season, and Monty Ball never fumbled in that first game of the year. Those two picks could have been enormous. So when it hits, it hits, and it really sets you up. But if you miss on both the two, your first two rounds, it ain't over. Let, let me just re-clarify it because I, I think you kind of missing the. I, I understand what I'm saying. I understand there are misses there, and that's okay. But the thing is, is that at least then you've mapped out. So you know how you're drafting the rest of your draft. Right. Because what happens, though, is if, you, if you, you throw a skew, you, maybe you said, I'm not drafting a quarterback in the first round or the second round, and then you did. Yeah. Well, now everything that you planned for is out the window because you didn't follow your plan. Yeah, if you have your head set on, on getting AP with the fourth pick, like, I know I'm going to get him with the fourth pick, and he's not there. And you don't know what the hell you're doing. Scrambling. And you're scrambling. All of a sudden, you pick some crap pick that you just didn't want because you didn't know what you, you were doing. You didn't map it out. I agree with you. Mapping things I, I, out I, in those first couple of rounds. At least just to know what the hell's going on. I mean, no, most people play in leagues with people that they know. And we've been doing the uh, D-Rex and I have been doing a league for so long, I know what everybody's going to do pretty much. And I'll do a couple mock drafts of what I really think that they're going to do. And usually ends up pretty close to yeah. right. But it's good to have that in front of me because I've a few times it's gone completely awry. But I know it's going. I know when it's where it's gone awry, and I'm prepared for it because I've mapped it out. So, with finding out your draft order a half hour uh, in advance, do you sort of prepare differently with like a top twenty-four sort of list uh, off of sort of your top two hundred? But you take maybe your top twenty-four instead of using a direct tiers or something like that. For this sort of draft, do you sort of go in a top 24 order? Is, yeah. is that a little bit different uh, than a, a strategy that we all use, you know, tiers? It, it, well, what I do is I'm using my tiers to create my top 24 overall tiers. Now, for the most part, and again, it's 
for me, like this year, there's only two quarterbacks that will be in that top 24. There will only be Andrew Luck and Aaron Rodgers in there. And then it's a matter of, well, how do I feel? Like So for me, I know that, yeah, if I'm at the beginning, I'm going to probably lean toward those running backs. I'm going to lean toward you know, um, Adrian Peterson, Jamal Charles, DeMarco Murray. And after that, then, then sprinkling in... Um, you know, Demarius Thomas, uh, a Julio Jones, a Des Bryant, and and then figuring out where's ODB coming in and knowing where I want these guys, and then just knowing that, as I have no idea what my position's going to be, but at least then I've already actually did the whole process of for 24 picks, who would I might, you know, drop dead, this guy's there, I'm taking him, who would I take this guy or that guy, I'm making that decision for each one of those picks. It's kind of like an, uh, amendment to your tiers just for those first two rounds. Just I think it's kind of smart because, like you said, all of a sudden, some guy that you thought you were sure he was going to get to you, whether wherever that is, gets taken and now you're seen in your tiers, you've got high guy, you got Gronk sitting there and a couple of these quarterbacks sitting there and then all of a sudden you're like, wow, those four running backs are gone and my two or three favorite wide receivers are gone and now all of a sudden, based on taking the best guy available in your tiers, you might go down a model that you are going to regret, maybe taking a Gronk, who knows, not saying that's a bad pick, but maybe at the end when you're done with it, I took a friggin' tight end in the first round because the guy was sure, certain was going to be on my team, and you're having buyers or more later. So I think that's a smart, smart tactic, to be honest. Uh, you know, any preparation you do and put yourself in a situation and actually mocking drafts or in your mind, you know, foreshadowing what a draft's going to really look like is only going to make you more calm and 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 ready to do the right thing when it, it's you are on the clock. I'm on the clock. My guy was just picked. Gronk's there. Aaron, uh, you know, Aaron Rodgers is there. Uh, all these guys, and you make a change and you deviate from the plan. You're like, oh shit, I was gonna go get Matt Ryan in the sixth round, and then Matt Ryan's still there in the sixth round. You're like, oh god, I could have friggin', I could have friggin' done that, and I would have been able to have, you know, whatever. Uh, an awesome wide receiver where I just took friggin' uh, the third or fourth or you know third fourth ranked quarterback. I'll tell you right now that. I'll even go so far as to tell you how it should be split up, those 24. There's those two quarterbacks. That leaves you 22 positions. There's about 11 running backs this year, I think, that that, that are right there. Okay? That everybody... That's, those, yeah, those up are to C.J. Anderson. Pretty yes. much. Exactly. Yes. <laughs> After that, there's probably about 11, 11, maybe 12 or something wide receivers. And you can maybe sprinkle a Gronk in there. Personally, I, I don't, I'm not the biggest fan of doing something like that. Know your league and what you're scoring. Is yeah, exactly. Maybe you do Yeah, maybe do that. Maybe you don't. If sometimes leagues do give big points for tight ends for uh, you know various reasons. But that's about what it should break down to. Two, two QBs, about 11 running backs, 10 or 11 running backs, 11, 12 wide receivers, and maybe that tight end tournament. Mine would be 11 running backs, 9 wide receivers, 2 10 wide receivers, two quarterbacks, and one tight end. Uh, I put together uh, yeah. in molding the top 200. That's exactly like yeah. every time I've looked at it, that's just how it comes up. And I don't really love having you know any wide receiver after eight. One of my one of my dues is I want one top eight wide receiver and one top 11 running back. I feel like any of the top 11 running backs have a chance to finish as the number one scorer at the running back position. I have reasons to, to why this could happen. And there's guys who 
having the number one scorer at running back is such a huge leg up on you know any sort of your league, any other thing in your league. And then the top eight wide receivers, while I don't think all top eight could finish uh, as top the top one at the position, I think all eight could finish top five at the position. So I feel like there's some parity this season that there hasn't been in the past. And I feel pretty certain, and I don't know if I'm just more certain in my rankings now than ever before, but it just seems so clear-cut. While I know running backs are going to bust, having the chance at one score number one is one of the biggest, biggest strategies you can really ever have in fantasy. But there's one guy that is for sure going to end up in the top five. That's Val Verde. In Scotland, they cloned the sheep, which a lot of people thought was fun. <laughs> so that's another one of my do's is, you know, I want a top 11 running back and a top 8 wide receiver. But in with that is my, my other big, big do is don't, or do be flexible. Don't be too rigid. So it's a do slash don't. So... I'm never going into my draft saying, I'm taking a running back first round. I'm taking a wide receiver second round. Yeah, uh, agreed. I'm, I might go, that. hey, you know, six running backs are already off the board, two QBs. Yeah, I'm taking Julio. No no debate about it. You know, something like that. Uh, you know, using my tiers, I've got it pretty much broken down into guys I love at the running back position and then guys I love at the wide receiver position. Those are in my top couple tiers. And right after eight, I see a big drop-off after kind of A.J. Green going down to either Alshon Jeffrey or Randall Cobb. We, one conversation I do want to have, whether it's this week or next week, is our ranking of Alshon Jeffrey, because I feel like it's low. Interesting. We don't have to have low it today. Low as in, like... Where do we where do we have collectively? Collectively, we have him at thirteen. Collectively, 13. we have him at thirteen. I I like him as number nine. After AJ Green, there's no one I'd rather have than Alshon Jeffrey. See, I'm going to disagree with you. Okay. Do you have? We'll, we'll, have the, we'll have the discussion. We'll have the discussion later. But I think Kevin White takes a, a lot away from that. Okay. I'll tell you that right now. That's you fine. know, you know, I agree with that sentiment. I, yeah. Okay. <laughs> we'll talk about it. Here's the only bummer about that, and we'll, we'll talk about it another day. We'll, yeah, we'll talk get in. But I, I had Alshon on my team last year, and even when he rocks, he's, 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 it's not like that explosion two years ago where he was just putting up no. these monstrosity games. Even his great games felt like, fuck, I had to take that guy in late second round, early third round, and this is it didn't feel great. I, I know why you feel that way, because when he scored all those points, remember, it wasn't like he was scoring them because... He made a catch and broke 40 yards downfield. It's because he was making these amazing 40-yard pass catches in the end zone with amazing hands and scoring the touchdowns. In a Trustman system. Right. <laughs> that, that's another thing, too. And they're going to and they're already, it's going to be a run system. We yeah, know that. It is a whole different story. But I always want to have that. I'd rather have that top receiver for me as a guy who can get the ball in space and then break it. And Elshon, to me, I'm not with it there either because I think he's a solid receiver, but I just don't see him... I can't see him making that big jump to the top five because I don't think he has that in him. Wait, shh, 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 shh. Val Verde has it in him. <laughs> if I was a scientist, you know what I would clone? Hot dogs. 
feel like they already clone hot dogs. I wish I <laughs> with with two hot dog uh, Harry Carey moments. All right, I'm getting hungry for a hot dog. I don't, I don't know about you guys. On the Monday, I uh, bought a thing of uh, Vienna beef hot dogs and that's frozen buns. I definitely had about four hot dogs on Monday. Hold on! Imagine a world of, of, with endless supply of hot dogs. You could have a hot dog any time you wanted. They'd be so abundant, they'd become our currency. 20 hot dogs would equal roughly a nickel, depending on the strength of the yen. I'm not quite sure, but you know what? I'm getting ahead of myself. Let's just keep praying that we can clone one of these hot dogs. Uh, you know what? I, I'm with you. I was actually getting a hankering for horse earlier, but now it's hot dogs. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, want, I just was thinking about drums. There we go. Drumsticks. Drums. Awesome. Beat uh, the dog. Drumstick. Give me a give me a do or don't that you're you're into. A do or a don't I'm into. All right. Well, this kind of goes with um, the highlighting of the deep sleepers that I was talking about earlier. There's also another thing that I, th- I think you should be highlighting in your tiers, and these are the guys who have fantasy potential that have either risen or declined due to the offensive system and or certain coordinators that have changed for that team. Um, specifically, I guess, one, one of the ones that we're talking about here with the Bears. Um, it's not the Trestman system anymore. You know, that one, that is out the window. The, the volume that was going to Marshall and, and to uh, Jeffrey and to Bennett and to Forte, who set you know, a running back record, that's not going to happen anymore. And we, you need to understand that. It's going to go back to a system that the Bears used to have. All right, this, I, They do have two great wide receivers, but I'm not expecting them to both have 90 to 115 catches apiece. That's just not happening anymore. Um, so you've you got to understand that sort of situation with the subtraction of, of a certain coordinator or, you know, like I said, just to do, you know, do, do a change to the offensive system, whether it's a new coordinator or not. Um, you've got to understand the offenses and the coaches and the coaching changes. Certain players rise, certain players fall. Um, it's it's going to be interesting what's going to happen with uh, LeSean McCoy this year. You know, going from that Philly system into a Buffalo system is, is I mean, it's I don't want to say it's night and day, but it's going to be a very different sort of game for LeSean this year. Can I give a, a I was going to say, I got to ask you a quick, uh, we asked uh, for some questions on Facebook today. Oh, before you do that, let me just say yeah. this. Was it was it uh, was the coaching changes? Was that was a video we did. I can't remember. Yeah, yeah, a, yeah. last week. So last, last week. So it's up on the website. Check this it is out. something awesome. that that where Dog is saying, and we kind of went into that. We were talking about with all these different philosophies and what the effects Offense were going to be. Coordinators. So coaches. refer use that as a reference tool when you're trying to identify these players yeah, because absolutely. we kind of already went through it for you. It's great. It's on the video. It's a video. It's called Coaching Changes and FF. Uh, for 2015. It's an awesome one. The reason why I was bringing up the question right now is with you talking about McCoy, uh, Alejandro, Alejandro Ortiz, one of our oldest and finest buddies there uh, on Facebook. Um, love you, brother. Uh, your, one of your questions was, how fast will Shady break down? I am not excited for F. Jacks after him. Uh, what do you guys think? A- answering just a quick hit question response. Well, how how does Shady's body hold up in this new system? Well, I mean, I'll, I'll answer the second part of what you said there first. I'm not excited for Fred Jackson this year at all, and I I, I have been his biggest proponent for years now. I really have. I, I don't underestimate Fred Jackson. I think I wrote an article on it. Actually, I think it was a big part of an article I wrote. Don't yeah, underestimate that guy. But this is the year he's done. I'm telling you that right now. McCoy can handle a load. 
As a matter of fact, I think he has the most carries in the league for the last two years. If, is that right? Yes. Stand, yeah. Most carries. That guy can handle a load, and he's going to have a load this year. I'm telling you. He also has a good offensive line. What What are you laughing at? <laughs> Did I say <laughs> he's, he's being like me? Handle the load. He's like he's doing what I know. He's like Venus over there in your butt head. I usually am one to do it. I'm gl- I'm glad I've matured for this week's podcast. <laughs> He could take a shot to the eye like no other man. <laughs> All right. Uh, listen, the guy, I'm telling you, I think McCoy can handle it. I really do. The offensive line is a good offensive line. Now they beefed it up a little bit again. Uh, he's going to be able to handle it. And he's going into a, a totally different division, into a different conference that doesn't know him as well either. So that's a bonus for him. So I, I think that he's going to be just fine this year. As a matter of fact, I think he's going to end up doing a lot better than people think. And he has a chip, not Kelly, on his shoulder Absolutely. as well. He does that, have a that chip always ha- Yeah, but that helps. Absolutely. You know, when a guy has that extra motivation to prove, and, and, and that's what he has this year, and he's going to be, and we also know, given the, uh, the who is the offensive coordinator that came over there? Is it um, Greg Roman? Yeah, right, and who is basically a very much a clone, as we're talking about cloning hot dogs and everything else, a clone of Rex Ryan with the type of offense that he wants. It's a ground and pound offense, yeah. so they're going to. It's going to put him in situations to succeed. Uh, it's one of those things that you know. Don't fear drafting him, you know, because if he explodes early, and, and if you really are worried about that breakdown, there will be plenty of teams that will be willing to trade you for him. Absolutely. After week four, five, six, or whatever, at that point in time. Remember, a year ago, while on a different team. In uh, a good system at that, which you've got a year ago, he was pretty much the first pick overall. In, in majority of drafts, McCoy was going first. Uh, the only guy that was really up there with him would be a Charles and a, uh, and a Peterson, obviously. Um, well, I'll give you this little tidbit. Did Buff- it. Buffalo has the easiest strength of schedule in the first half of the season. The easiest strength of schedule in the first half of the season. You go that second half of the season, 26th. So... Enjoy that first Enjoy half. Enjoy that and first half. Look to make make that's see now, and, and this is this is. I, I, can I throw another do in here? Well, hold on. Let's, oh, wait, let's, yeah. let's, let's, not let's, let's, let's not that's, that's what I had to say. Mountain. I mean, that's a that's the type of guy where, I mean, I'll be writing an article on this soon enough at some point. But uh, that's the type of guy where you look to. Hey, I drafted him early. He's going to kick ass for me and start looking to trade him around six week six seven eight. Right when he's riding high and everything, and know that he's going to have that, you know, a tougher defenses to go against, and, and who knows, sh- maybe he will break down. I don't think he will, but maybe he will. He, if he doesn't, I don't think he'll be putting up as much many fantasy points in the second half as he will in the first. But you're going to get a bounty for him, absolutely, when you trade him at that point. Yep, and that's a good point, dog. This is uh, from the strength of schedule, uh, which is in our draft kit. Um, there we do, you know, a number of different strength of schedules. It's full season through 16 weeks, through 17 weeks, first half of the season, second half, breaking it down uh, via week to week, talking fantasy playoffs. The strength of schedule piece is awesome. We've talked about it a number of times on this podcast. We've done just, you know, we, we've done a. We did. I think it was last week's. It was last week's podcast, podcast. so check out what we were talking about last week about strength of schedule, but to read that and to hear that is awesome when you're thinking about a Shady who's probably going to be there, you know, he's going to be available probably in the fifth round and around those zones, and if you love taking a running back that's, uh, fifth pick, sorry, uh, meant fifth pick. Uh, Stags always gives these heated looks. Yeah. Jeez, Did I just spit on this guy? Oh, wait, hold on. I, wrong, wrong word. Um, but what I want to do is... You with that dead horse. What, <laughs> you 
just looked like I had a dead horse in my bed, like Godfather or something. Uh, Pyro uh, Draft Kit version 2, it's sweet. It's got uh, 22 tabs, including that strength of schedule. You can buy it now for 20 bucks. It's friggin' sweet. If you buy it now, you're gonna get version three, four, five, and then we're gonna have one right uh, the week, a couple weeks before uh, early September. Um, you'll get all the versions for your initial purchase, so there's no reason to wait to pick the thing up. It's already as robust, and it, it'll literally take you. Oh, if you spent eight hours a week or eight hours a day for uh, that's my dog. Way to go, Daisy. Have uh, a seizure? <laughs> his horse. <laughs> well, it's a girl. It's a girl, so uh, that's, I'm, I'm not going there. Not not <laughs> Leave that clown in the closet. Yes. We're just, for sure. Shut it, D- Duker. Uh, but let's go on, and uh, I think I've got another, uh, another, I'm going to have a don't. i got a don't here. And it kind of goes back to a little bit like my first do, but whatever. I'm going with it. Don't be afraid to be you. Don't be afraid to make you know make decisions and go for a player and don't care what other people say. It's not really about that, but do you own it, strategize it and build around it, make everything a part of of, of your model and have how you want to craft a team and own up to it and just keep pushing it and don't you know the one thing we'll say no matter what. This is draft days, do's and don'ts. But the most important thing to know is if you're sitting on your team all year and not making great pickups, not maybe trading, obviously trading happens a lot less than you would think in most leagues, but if you're just drafting your team, walking home, and thinking that you're going to be able to rock that for the next 16 weeks, you're effed regardless. So this draft day do's and don'ts comes you know, with a grain of salt, and that's what you're doing before the season. But in season, be active. Shed the fat. Pick up, make the right pickups. Figure out how to keep crafting your team throughout the season. But back to UBU and you doing you. Don't be afraid to make bold moves. Build a team that you want to, and just own it. Own it and be you. Some seasons at the end you're gonna be like, being me sucked this year. <laughs> it wasn't my year to be me. That's gonna happen. That's nature of the game. If you talk to anyone that's that's in good leagues and is like, yeah, I won my championship four of the last uh, five years. Uh, that happens. It's because they're in a bad competition league. Most comp- most leagues that have good competition, you're not winning. I remember I went to the finals three years in a row one time, which is unheard of. I won one of them. I haven't, I haven't been back to the playoffs, and I think I was. I don't think I was in the playoffs last year. I wasn't in the playoffs last year. That's just the nature of the game. But you're playing against good competition. Sometimes when you own being you, you can sh- you know backfire on you, and that's okay. That's you right. do you, boo-boo. You do you, boo-boo. <laughs> uh, I mean, the thing is, yeah, we could tell you to do all these do's and don'ts, but you need to do you, follow which ones you want to do, and do them. <laughs> do them. Okay, I'm, I'm going to smirk at that line. Do them. Um, Confuse the fuck out of me. <laughs> well, in, in conjunction with that, this is always what we have preached here. We give you all the tools, but we always tell you, take what we're giving you and meld it to what's you. You know, we're not, don't, don't, you don't walk in with Houdini's tears. You don't have to walk in with D-Rex's tears or even our collective tears. Use those to then create, why we give you the extra line, your tears. So that it's your draft. And using our knowledge to help you build your draft. But do you. That's exactly what we're saying. Love it. Love it. Uh, Who's who's, who's next? Hit it. All right. uh, Let's go with the don't. 
here's one that I always have always believed in. Do not, don't reach for a kicker or a defense. Period. I, it's, it's amazing to me. Every year, so let's look over the last like couple years where Seattle has been the invoke defense. Years past, it was Pittsburgh was the invoke Niners. defense. Or back when I first jumped up, Tampa Bay, do you want to get the Warren Saps and all these defenses or whatever. And people are drafting them. You're old. I know. Anywhere from round. like round, yeah, six, seven, eight, nine, six, seven, eight. I've even seen six. I, well, actually, the best of all time was my buddy in his first, this is just hilarious, Mr. Siegel, uh, in his first year ever playing, and he made the playoffs this year too, which was, which was the biggest uh, uh, kick in the pants. Tampa Bay was drafted in the first round. Oh my God. And we were sitting going, are you sure you want to do that? <laughs> <laughs> I emceed the Burger Bar uh, draft last year. It's in one of my watering holes in Chicago, good spot. And the guy that was in the finals the previous year with Seattle, uh, and Seattle obviously had an insane season two years ago when they won. He drafted Seattle in the third round. And everyone's just like, and he's, he's, he's you know always seen that. ended up this year, this last year? Where? 20th. And, and they were the first one drafted. Wow. You know, basic, basic you know, defensive scoring system, 20th. Yeah, they didn't return touchdowns. No, they didn't return anything. Like, and it, not only that, that and this is wow. where it's also why it's so yeah, important. It's insane. It's, we always talk about and why you don't reach for these guys. And again, lots of leagues are doing everything to not have defenses score so many points or not have kickers score so many points. But what's the separation from 1 to 12? The difference in separation from 1 to 12 at wide receiver or at, at, at these other positions is greater. Than it is at defense because you know and let you know you don't want to be stuck with an absolute dog defense, but at the same time, don't be don't be reaching up because we talk about what are those money rounds eight nine ten eleven. This is where you get guys who end up being drafted in those rounds who end up then being the next year drafted in the first, second, or third round. Yep, it's funny. I mean, it's, it's, real quick. Sorry, uh, I, I see. I saw your uh, Philadelphia. Terrible defense. Terrible defense. Terrible defense. You can score on them at will. They were third. Yeah. Third in the league. Darren in Sproles. Yeah. Darren Sproles. Where was San Diego? Where was San Diego? I, I had Philly last year's defense. They were good. Where was San Diego? Because they had some huge games, didn't they? Yeah. For a while, they had a stretch where they were just. They did have a stretch. They did have a good stretch. They're twenty seventh. Yeah. It's weird. But there was a stretch because they, they were the best the, like, fantasy defense. The thing is, the difference between the first kicker and the 12th kicker is 1.7 points. The difference between the first kicker and the 20th kicker is 2 points. So, it doesn't matter. Yeah, right. it and, doesn't matter and when all. you're talking about the, the defense, they're take, you're taking them so much farther that you're not really comparing the 1st to the 12th. Right. You're kind of more comparing the, the 40th to the 70th. Correct. You're correct. And the difference between, the, the you know... Let's say the thirtieth wide receiver and the fiftieth is got to be a lot more than whether for kicker or defense is going to be a lot more than those measly one or two points. Oh, exactly. And then with defense, I mean, let's just talk about some teams who came up from nowhere, Buffalo Bills, to be what the leader or a top five They're scoring top defense. Five. They were but we were calling that all. Yeah, yeah, we, we were calling but, that but all last year. Yeah, they, but we're, yeah. Buff- we're our number one. We know. What I we're waited on Buffalo, and I made sure to draft them last. I yeah. knew nobody would take them. And I made sure to draft. Buffalo last. Dallas Cowboys. Yeah. I mean, how bad were they? I, I mean, even the Packers. You know, the yeah. Packers, Philadelphia, so Dallas, Jacksonville. Yeah. Jacksonville had a top scoring uh, uh, defense last what, year. What, what number did they finish last Sixth. year? Sixth. Sixth. 
Isn't that insane? <laughs> and, and the funny don't thing is... Don't do it. Just don't draft him before the last two rounds. Yeah, Kicker right. defense, last two rounds. And the funny thing is, you're looking every week to play against the Jacksonville defense. Yeah. <laughs> that's one of the matchups you're like, ding, 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 we have a winner. Yeah, that's very true. <laughs> well, it's and funny. Yet, and, that's yet you, and yet you're playing... Jacksonville defense because you have them because they yeah. score well for you. Yeah, like I can't wait to play them and I still have them and they're going against them. That's the weird. Awkward. Yeah. <laughs> well, it's funny that you yeah. say that Seattle finished twentieth because we know that they let up the least amount of points to running backs. So when you look at the yep. granular level and look at fantasy points given up to running backs by a defense, you got Seattle let, let up the least amount and then Arizona. They, was had the like, they actually had the fewest points scored against them. Fantasy points. Yeah. Fan, you know, fantasy points against them. Uh, or no, fewest points. Oh. Regular points in the regular season. Wow. Like, you know, like I think yeah, it was yeah. Like, yeah, I, don't, I don't know how many it was. A game 12 points over, 14 points over, whatever. Basically but what we're saying, but all of this makes no sense. There's so many exactly. different ways. They didn't get as many from. sacks as they used to. They didn't get as many defensive touchdowns as they used to. Uh, not as many f- uh, forced fumbles. Pure luck. You know? All of these things are pure luck. Fumbles, fumbles recovered, pure luck. Uh, you know, defensive touchdowns, pure luck. Special team touchdowns, you got to know who the good that's returners true. are. Uh, because special that's teams not makes a more of a luck. difference than, than I would pay else. more attention to special teams than I would to actual defense. Yeah, and units. if a team actually has a really good pass defense, it probably means they're not going to score fantasy points because nobody's going to throw on them. Right. Why would anybody throw on Seattle with with those corners there? And they didn't. They didn't have any. They barely had any interceptions last year. Two things: one, defenses that get three and outs don't score fantasy points. True. Okay, because they're getting the offense that they're playing against off the field. There's no chance for a sack. You're not going to get interceptions. You're not going to get fumbles. There's yep. three, three and out and a punt. Second thing, most important. Here's where it's so important. My most of my drafts, it's a 16 round draft, so I'm drafting the kicker and defense in, in 15 and 16. But if 10 of the teams of my 12 team league have drafted a defense or a kicker between, or each of them between rounds eight and rounds 13. Well, if they all drafted one each of those, or like maybe there's only like four or five teams that wait till the very end, how you've just moved up one round or a round and a half of a player that you got mm-hmm. because you didn't draft a stupid defense or a kicker. That's the main. That's point. the main point. Yep. You get better talent. It's like where you're saying where you find that you can stags. You're saying I want to wait on these quarterbacks because I want to get. That extra top, this wide receiver, this many top of uh, top twenty or thirty uh, running backs, this many of the top forty wide receivers, you're gonna get them if these guys are drafting all those ones ahead of you because that's a player that now, ooh, I just slotted up, ooh, and then some idiot because the one guy drafts a defense, then two other guys go, oh, I gotta draft a defense now, and then they just go boom, boom, you're like, oh man, I'm moving right up. It's like. All of a sudden, where I was worried that this guy was gonna slide to me, now he will slide to me because these guys took defenses. And here's the, one of the main things, too. Better offenses produce better fantasy defenses. And it's a weirder thing because people are playing catch-up. Right. And when you're playing catch-up, you have to throw more. And that means more chances for sacks and interceptions and fumbles and all the good stuff for fantasy defenses. I think four of the top ten fantasy scoring defenses were the top five scoring offenses last year. Uh, Philadelphia, uh, Denver, Green Bay, Denver. Greenberg. Dallas. Greenberg. Green, 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 Green Bay. Green Bay. Uh, Dallas. Uh, 
Denver? Denver was 10th. Yeah, Denver was 10th. Yeah. It makes it because these other teams are taking chances because they have to stay in the game and they have to do things that are outside of their norm. And when teams have to do things outside of their norm in order to stay up with that offense that you're producing with those good teams, it creates fantasy points. And you can stream them. I love it. Pick one up and you drop them. And I want to see the some of your team stacks because you're basically streaming quarterbacks, mm-hmm. tight ends, unless if, if, if Kelsey's gone, and defenses and kickers. His I first love 12 it. picks There's, are yeah. all running backs like and wide receivers. Speaking of tight ends, I got another don't. All right. All right. Do not draft a rookie tight end. I know there's going to be guys out there, Max Williams specifically this year, people are talking up and all that sort of shit. Don't buy it. It never works out, ever. I mean, the, oh, it's very rare. Uh, Jeremy Shockey, it worked out. How? I don't know. <laughs> Karad, Rob Gronkowski. Touchdown dependent. J- touchdown dependent, Rob Gronkowski. But worked Other out. Other than that, you're not finding it. I'm telling you, it's just not there. Don't buy it. Don't buy into the hype of them talking up their rookie tight ends, the coaches and all that stuff. Max Williams being talked up like nobody's business. Just don't buy it. I'm telling you, don't waste, and especially not a top 10 draft pick, uh, on your team, if you're going to reach for one later, go ahead at the you know round 15, or if you play 25 rounds like like we do, D-Rex, you can grab in the 20th or whatever. That's fine, but don't waste an early one because it's not going to pan out for you. I definitely agree with that, and we have all this talk about spread offenses in college football and how it affects quarterbacks, but we don't talk very much about how it's affecting the tight end. Uh, it's really you know one of those big changes to now where the you know, major tight ends in football are these guys who are converted basketball players. And none of them were really true tight ends in college. And you're just looking for those sort of elite athletes that get in good situations to break out. And, you know, they usually play in spread-type offenses where their numbers in college are like, well, this guy was a college tight end and he was great. And, you know, he had, what, like 27 catches for 400 yards and... You know, four touchdowns, and this guy was, you know, the Mackey Award winner or whatever. You're like, well, what's what's going on here? And the devaluation of the uh, tight end in college football is one of those trends that you don't hear often talked about. It's always, you know, focused on the QB. So that's, you know, one of those things to keep your eye on. These guys take a couple years to develop because they're coming from a spread where they're asked to play like the big slot role. And they're asked to block, like, you know, safeties and not linebackers like they need to in the NFL. And they're not used to the inline blocking schemes. And they're not used to all these kind of small variations that NFL uh, offensive coordinators are going to ask for them. Yeah, it's just, a, the NFL is just a whole new ball game, And they, it's basically starting over for tight ends. It takes them a year or two to just figure it out. And that's, you know what, it's not worth your fantasy draft pick. Think, right. about, think about it every year. Last year, Ebron. Oh my God! People that got him—what a disaster! Tyler Eifert, I think, was the year before. It was a top nope. fifteen a disaster. Uh, so great, great point. Let's get a quick question out here. This one comes um, from uh, German uh, Guadiano. Guadiano, uh, a draft kit buyer. You're the man. Thank you for buying our draft kit. We appreciate it. You're also on Facebook a lot, uh, giving us a lot of um, you know. Likes and comments and asking questions, and we appreciate that. So we're going to ask your question right now is, how do you decide where the drop-off is between tiers in different positions? Keep up the awesomeness. So, Stags, how do you decide where your drop-off and how you 
compartmentalize your tier numbers? Uh, at the top, it's a lot based on talent. Uh, there's so if I see a drop off in talent between players, then I will you know sort of drop off the tier. If I see a drop, and then, but basically it's a combination of talent and opportunity. Uh, so you know a guy like ODB is the end of my wide receiver one tier, and the next guy there. Uh, I'll tell you who it is. Hang on. <laughs> no, I think it's you know. Jordy Nelson. And I just think there's a big drop-off in talent and opportunity. So that's how I kind of end my tier. Uh, I also do it another way, depending on how I'm drafting, is a tier has, you know, 10 to 12 players, depending on how many teams in the league. And I put it as guys whose first-round value, second-round value. But that's just a different way I kind of go about it, depending on... You know, how I feel. Well, quickly let me say, and before you go, Houdini, and again, this goes back to be you, do you. There is no right with tears. It's as long as you understand it, as long as your coordination and your bracketing is how you perceive things and the flow of the draft and the flow per position and rating your value. There is no right or wrong. We've talked to other people for years, a guy like uh, Eric Carabell. His tears are done ten at a time. He does 10, I think it's stupid, but it's what he does. So, tier 1 for quarterback is the top 10 quarterback. Tier 2 is the next batch. You know, it's, it's stupid, especially a quarterback. But do whatever you need to do to make yourself understand the way you do your, set your tiers. Because the way we all do them here is different. We all have kind of put our own imprint on how we classify those breakoffs. Well, I used to think that it would be, oh, I want to know where that first round, you know, Wide receiver one versus wide receiver two. I don't care anymore. It's about the the, the talent at the position. But I think to this to uh, Jermaine's is it German or Jermaine? German. German. To German's quest, question about comparing it between positions uh, is the thing was when I'm looking for is what do I see if I'm looking at like I'm I'm, I'm my tiers of wide receivers and I have you know in my fourth tier I end with Victor Cruz and then I start with Sammy Watkins. I'm going you know well. I like the ones that are above here. Maybe I want to start looking at my running back tier. Do I see that there's even less depth underneath that running back? Well, then I'm going to go running back. You know, so it's it's how much is that drop off at where you're at at that time? Can you wait? How long until your next pick? Is it going to be a full 12 picks before it comes back around to you? Is it? Are you coming back around a wrap and you only have to wait five picks? Well, then maybe that changes how you're looking at. Okay, I like. There's still three wide receivers here I like. There's only two running backs I like. I'm going to grab the running back now, and I'm going to wait for one of these three wide receivers to come back. You remember when you used to, like, this is a long time ago, back in the 60s, when you used to buy, like, an ounce of weed or something with a couple of your buddies? And you'd sit there and you'd divvy out the bag amongst each other. You No one had a scale. You're just saying, hey, the three of us went in on this ounce. Let's divvy it up. So how do you do it? You got big nuggets, the big monster ones, then you got smaller ones, and you kind of compartmentalize all these things on the table, and you just start plucking them and saying, yeah, okay, that's here's the three biggest ones. You get one big one. You get one big one. You All right, the second, you know, that's the way my tears are. In <laughs> I am not kidding. That is the way. The biggest, nugs, the the biggest nugs are the top tier. If there's only two of them, I think I've only, I got two nug, big, real big nugs in my tiers of running back, and that's Adrian Peterson and uh, and Bell. So now I'm seeing smaller nugs. These guys, fan, 
you know, let's do nugs size to fantasy football points. I've got six of these size nugs. I'm going to put those guys in the field. And there's no rhyme or reason. It can be two. It could be, I could have 25 different sets of tiers in one position. They're all two, 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 if that's the way mine, mine couples these people together or, or, or collaborates and puts them all together. But that's the way my tiers are run. It's literally, it's like-minded players that aren't nest that I like or whatever, and I bundle them. It could be a that there's tiers that I have that are 12 players big. But the reason why they're 12 players big is the guy that's the bottom of that 12 person tier. I still think is close enough to the guy in the front of it that it's not that big of a deal. If as the draft's going, if I got the bottom guy in tier four, I'm not like really that bummed out between him and the top guy at that tier. That's one way to do it. And when we do our uh, end of the season sort of analysis, uh, you know, the breakpoints in tiers are like mathematical deviations and what's mathematically significant. But yeah, we don't do that at the beginning of the season. <laughs> you are smarter than I take any credit for. <laughs> that is for sure. What do, you, what do you think? I just go through it and like they're all they're all like. Close. <laughs> Wait, I want to hear the uh, Bill Johnson voice. What was the guy? Uh, what's playing? Matt, Matt Jones. Yeah, Matt Jones. Matt Jones. Mike, Mike Jones. Jones. Mike, Mike Jones. Jones. Let's hear the voice. Hit Mike Jones up on the low. <laughs> no, it was a squeaky like alien. Mike Jones. There we go. <laughs> it sounds more like basketball Jones. I'm a basketball Jones. Cheech <laughs> and Chong, anybody? No, yes, absolutely. Yes. And here's I have seen Cheech and Chong, all of them. So. It, there you go. Well, we, I, we, I, got, I we, probably got something for we you. We were talking yeah, nugs so, so and everything you know else. We were talking about there. <laughs> yeah, hey, we all know that the moon is not made of green cheese. But but what if it were made of barbecue spare ribs? Would you eat it then? <laughs> if you had his nugs, you might. Oh my God! <laughs> I eat anything that's made of barbecue spare ribs. I'll tell you right now. All right. Uh, let's do one more question quickly, and then uh, sorry, and then you you got your next to do. Our most handsome fan, Duncan Wolf. Uh, well done, buddy. He asked me a, a number of questions on the draft kit this week. Purchased it. Mr. Good Looking. Uh, here's his question. If you could choose any draft spot in a 10-team PPR, where would you choose and why? So good looking. <laughs> What's your call? I want the number one spot. Uh, I want as many players and potentially in the top uh, you know, 21 to 24 because I told you how I feel about you know my top 24. I feel very solid about those players. Outside of the top 24, then I feel like there's a giant significant difference in the talent. Yeah. Uh, so I want potentially you know three guys in, in the top 21, and I'm I feel like I'm miles and miles and miles yeah, just ahead to of. Clarify everything. what he's saying. You get the picks one. 20 and 21, so you're getting three of those top 24. Just to clarify that. Yeah. And the flip side, as we all know, those who are eating nugs over here. <laughs> <laughs> That's, that, hey, you gotta do something with the shake. <laughs> <laughs> Throw it in some butter. Here's a, the I, pizza. I, I'm, I'm on the other side because I'd rather have, in the 10 team league, you say, 8, 9, 10. Because you know what? I could always find PPR running backs later in, in, in the draft. I want those top wide receivers, and I know that the front end is going to be, everyone's going to go after all those running backs, that's fine. Let me have your Antonio Brown. Let me get, uh, you know, a Des Bryant or something in there, and then I'm getting gems at wide receiver who are dominant and PPR dominant. 
It's a great, great call for PPR. Last year, number one pick overall. You get, you get those, you know, you get that 20th and 21st pick. But every time now, those elite guys I was talking about, the Dez, even last year, even Jordy Nelson was gone by the time the 20th pick comes back around. You're just sitting there, and it's like, ugh. That first pick, you want to know you're getting with that 20th, 21st pick? Alshon Jeffrey. And it's kind of sweet, but you're kind of like, ugh. God, it's right before, like the four picks right there. Dez is gone. Jordy's gone. Uh, AJ might be gone. And you're just like, ugh. You're just kind of right at that cusp. So for PPR, I kind of agree with it. But on the flip side is you can use it to your advantage and pick if you're going to pick a guy in that first pick that's going to get a lot of catches, so be it. It's not necessarily a fair comparison, but because of the snake. But if you tell me your top three guys you think you're getting there, and I tell you my top three guys, mine are going to be exponentially better than yours. Yeah, but at the same time, we're... we're, we're but if we go to four, four though, it's a little different. Be, but, exponentially but he, sexier. Yes. Yeah, but I'm not, not going to say yeah. that they're going to be exponentially better. And especially too, because those, you can get a gem down at like 33, 34 in a PPR in format. PPR. I think in PPR, I just I think think PPR works way. better for what he's saying, but non-PPR works better. You're a wide that. receiver guy, so well, you're no, always going to go to the end of the round. But if I'm in PPR, I, that's where I'm focusing. Like wide picks, receiver yeah. is where I'm focusing for PPR, and and the, and we know when we when we always talk about okay, well when we do a PPR rankings, how much is affected? It's really there's only about about 15 wide receivers that make a major moves yeah. in PPR. If that. Right, if that. So if you have the ability to nab the top two or three, two of the top three, I'm all for it. I'm, I'm you know, Or two of the top four, give me those guys. Because on a week-to-week basis, when you see those wide receivers that you're going to face, and then I can sprinkle in, you know, this is where, you, you know, a guy like you know, the, the sneaky late sleep guy that you're going to get who can become uh, a starter for you later on. You're going to grab him around 12 or 13 or 14. Javari's Buck Allen with Mark Trestman's system is going to be a PPR dynamite for you. Yeah. But, yeah, it's just a sort of matter of preference. Mock it all. Mock one. That's through, what I was going to say. Mock, mock through 10 and you know figure out which one you like best. Because I've always liked getting AP, then getting you know Randall Cobb, and maybe A.J. Green. And those are my top three core when yours might be Des Bryant, Julio Jones, and Mark Ingram. You know, that's just kind of how it's going to shake out. And whichever one you like better. I Mark Ingram, not for PPR, though. I agree, though. <laughs> Mark, uh, do the mocks. Uh, you know, Duncan, solid nine. Do three mocks of each scenario. You at the beginning, you at the later. Which, which team do you like better? That's your answer. And my next do, do lots of mocks. Immerse yourself in mock drafts. There's all these sites that are out there. You can sit there and do them all right now. And, and just start familiarizing yourself with what type of team you're going to get at that point. Play around with it. Do lots of, of, of potential things so you have a better idea when it comes to, okay, whether you maybe he knows what position he's drafting or maybe it's a late thing. In that case, you need to do lots of it mocks. It sounds like he can choose. It sounds like maybe yeah. he's in a draft if where you win, he won, you like, he won his yeah. league last year and he's able to choose where he wants. That's really the reason well, why. Well, then you definitely need to do lots of mocks to, yeah. kind of, to kind of weed yeah. that out. Do a mock from each position. Yeah. yeah, usually I choose... All ten. Yeah, usually I do... Rule of thumb, I do one mock per position if I don't know my... Uh, with the same number of teams if I don't know my uh, you know draft slot. Draft slot. Mm-hmm. If I do know it, I'll do like... Five to six 
from that, and then I'll pick a counterpoint just to sort of see how things are much different or see if I want to make a trade. Uh, so I'm doing, on the low side, you know, 10 mocks, but I'm going to do a lot more than that because, you know, I, on Fantasy Pros, uh, you can do mocks in five minutes now, and it's awesome because you're not really waiting on other people, uh, and it, it gives you a diverse, you know, range, and it's accurate. And it's a it's a cool it, place to do mocks. Whereas just so, other people like to know the tools and resources. There's what uh, uh, what are some other good mock sites out there? I know we've been doing most of our stuff. Is I it, like Fantasy Pros. That's the only one I like right now. But then when it gets closer to the season, I like mocking on whatever our uh, source is going to be. You know. Uh, so if you're on a ESPN or you're on it's their rankings because it's their rankings yes. and then you know who the D-bags in your league are going to take uh, so that's the two ways I like to play it and then you know MFL 10s and stuff like that uh, are, are also a good source for kind of information alright alright um, I'm going to throw a don't out there and I think it's one that we I don't know. I, I, I have to say it every year and I think we, we all agree on it uh, in the same way and I think we've always said it every year, don't draft filler players. Don't draft, uh, when I talk about a filler player, I mean a guy like your, your Derek Mason from years ago. <laughs> I love it. The Derek Mason. We still yeah. use the Mason. We still model. use the Mason call. <laughs> He's been out of the league for five years. The guy, the guy. When going in there, I'm like, Derek Mason. Yeah, Derek <laughs> Mason. the same thing. You know what? The one who drafted him every year in my league, Charlie Don't Serve. Really? Every year had Derek Mason on his team. The thing is, it's I the guys who... But I've never liked any of the teams I've seen him draft. In any of our mocks, any of our leagues. Really? Charlie, Charlie don't serve. He like hits a good 9 or 10 pick, but the rest are like... You want to know why? Because Charlie is yeah. in like, he's dynasty dynamo. That's true. And so he's always looking three years ahead. Yes, yeah, yeah. that's true. Yeah. That's very true. It's the guy whose ceiling has already been met. And you know what it is, and it's really just not that good. Yes, maybe he gets you 80 catches for 1,050 yards and six touchdowns, but is that going to do anything for your team? For in, in reality, is it really going to do anything for your team? Are you going to sit there and be starting him all year and never have an explosion out of that position ever? It's just a terrible thing to have, the knowing that your team's Anquan never going to get better with that guy in it. The or current Alquan Bolden? Like, yeah, Alquan? basically something like that. Is he yeah, even- Bolden is kind of that way, especially in San Francisco. Yeah. See, I think that there's a time and place for those guys. If you have a lot of, you're stretching on certain guys, and you just need to have, you need to get, I need to not have a donut. So I need to get at least five points every week. But here's the thing, and here's where I'm going to agree with you. How psyched are you when he's in your starting lineup, and you know you're just going to get five points? Um, I'm not excited. Right, I'm not it's excited horrible. At all. Exactly, <laughs> yeah. it sucks. Yeah, it's like I need 125 points to win, and this guy's going to get me five of them every week. <laughs> Three catches, 55 yards. Thank yes. you very much. I think our new Derek Mason, let's come up with an, our new Derek Mason. We already you said, said you did. Anquan Bolden. But Anquan Bolden finished 20 top yeah, I, 21. I'm kind of like, what was his like stats? What did you say? I think it's you more said A. Washington. You said 80 catches 80 for, for 1,050 and six touchdowns. Yeah, what was did that he have last Anquan? year? 80, 83 for 1,062 and five touchdowns. Thank Sadly, you. though, he's Thank better. He, where his ADP is actually really great. Where I think <laughs> I agree with everything you say, but I think there's other players that are just like, eh, that this, are a little more like Cecil Shorts. Uh, Cecil Shorts. At this point, maybe a Colston. 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 There's yeah, the guy. The, no, that's the guy. The 60 catches. That's good. One. 900 yeah. yards tops and yeah. five. I would uh, much rather have Antoine Bolton than have Marquise Colston. Antoine uh, Bolton, sneaky. Malcolm Floyd. 
Every year, it's the yeah. exact same thing. Same thing. Yeah. Exact same thing. Stevie Johnson. Stevie Johnson was. But Stevie Johnson, let's be honest, he's going to be a sleep. He's a nice sleeper. This he is a decent sleeper. He's a deep sleeper. Nice sleeper down there. Deep sleeper. I mean, we don't. I don't Not think terrible. we collectively. I don't I think we have him ranked in the top 100 as of our last edition. I had him. I, 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 I know. I know. I know. I said collectively, <laughs> consensusly. <laughs> I don't even know. Can this, can this is this <laughs> how much? How much As more are we adding to our dictionary? More and more with uh, every time you you, you yeah, have one of one of these Valverde's dictionary. Oh, you made a wise choice, my friend. I did. <laughs> who All right, who's now? got a next one? I'll, I'll take one. Don't. Let's go with a don't. Don't let other people uh, in, in your league pressure you into uh, making the wrong pick. You know, there are times where um, it happened. It happened to me last year. I got I got pressured into into one, and and it it's stupid because they're like they know that you have. Is again, we talk about everyone. You're in leagues with guys who you've been in leagues with for many many years, so they know your tendencies, and they go, oh oh, Weiss is up. Oh, who did he, he's gonna make this pick? Oh my God, I know he's gonna make this pick. I'm like, who are you talking about? Oh, I wasn't gonna go there. All right, fine, I'll go there. You know and. <laughs> no, I, I, it was like it was with it was with Percy Harvin. Please join per- my league. It was Percy Harvin and T.Y. Hilton. I was deciding between. This is where I said I went against the guy that I loved, and I went with Percy because it was it was just it was it was dumb. So it, well, no, no, I'm, I'm free to admit it. Hey, this is this is honest. You made here. it. You made it clear. I don't think anybody on this panel here in this podcast is. Ever going to have Percy Harvin on their team ever again? I'm stuck with him in, a, in one keeper league, so unfortunately, uh, I, he's on my team, but he's on my bench. Uh, but but again, don't let you know if people start talking like, "Oh my God," you just hear the side conversations. Oh my God, there's, there's hardly any quarterbacks left. There's, you know, people are trying to th- people are throwing smoke signals out. They're, they're, I'm doing it all drafts. Right? Thank God. Don't let like you. other people affect <laughs> how you draft. So this goes back to what we're always saying: Do you? Don't worry about what everyone else is saying. Forget the other chatter. Don't let those things affect you. Draft your draft. So here's a, a, a do that I don't have on my list, but I'm just going to piggyback on you quickly. Do screw with the rest of your league. Do try to corner them into a position. Do smoke their brains out or do shots of tequila while you're not really actually doing them. Do anything you can to create static Buzz, buzz, uh, second guessing, any sort of, any sort of smoke and mirrors that you can do to anybody in your league. And let's be honest, you've got certain people in each league that you're closer with, you're better friends with. Screw with them even more because they think you're being genuine. Like, yeah, what's yeah. going on? Like the right two yeah. hours before the draft. <laughs> like, so what are you thinking? You're, you're reforming. I, you know, I, I won't take any of the guys. Like, please be smart. On draft day and leading up to draft day, your role model should be Benedict Arnold. Okay? The truth, your role model should be him, and that's just as simple as it goes. The friendship will last the test of times. Don't do anything shady. Don't do anything illegal. Don't do anything, but mess with them. Give them smoke signals. Get them thinking about something else, and then get them, you know, talk of all the players you don't want. Yes, right. But really, but really, you you just smoke screen. It's like God, I'm loving them. Really. So then that person, when they pick them in the third round, and you totally didn't love them, you're like, that worked. 
All right. Jedi mind trick. I actually totally want this guy. Yeah. Thank you. Run Do that. smear campaigns. Yes, yeah, smear campaigns. I, I will talk so much smack about my favorite player. Can I tell you all the smack I talked about DeMarco Murray last year? Oh, it yeah. was great. Absolutely. <laughs> and it's like, oh, yeah, thanks thanks for DeMarco Murray in the second round. I, I love it. <laughs> I love Bell Verdes. Don't jerk me around. It's a simple question. <laughs> One thing I want to say about a Val Verde, um, I mentioned a couple podcasts ago, awesome work on the offensive lines piece. Uh, we're figuring out ways to integrate it into a lot of the draft kit stuff and a lot of the Pyro Pro stuff that I'll mention later. So again, Valverde, while we talk about you and have recoined your last name as beer, a beer tagline, uh, we appreciate all the hard work you've done. Okay, one of the uh, dudes that I'm talking about here that I have found to work out really well for me lately. Um, I don't know if I used to do it in years past, but Later on, after you've drafted seven or eight rounds, identify the position that you're weakest at and pile up. Mm -hmm. Start piling up on that position. Lately, it's been running backs for me. And it's not so much that they're weak, but I just know that running backs go down a lot. And I know that you can find those deep sleepers more often now because uh, there's so many injuries in the game today. Um, Wide receivers works as well. Because there's a lot of gems to be found later on in that position. But running backs is, is, is the one for me. Yeah, and I would go sort of piggyback along with that and say, do draft the other side of the committee. So, you know, when you're drafting Sean Moreno in the 6th, 7th round, whatever it is, you go ahead and be the other guy. You know, take the, take the antithesis and, hey, did I say that one right? <laughs> and draft Lamar Miller in the ninth, tenth antithesis round. Antithesis or antithesis? It, well, antithesis is a real word. Antithesis, I don't think, is a word. <laughs> I, I, that's what I was saying. How, how, how many new words have we created? <laughs> More than anyone else in the podcasting game. So, you know, draft that other guy. You know, when somebody drafts the Monty, or when somebody drafts CJ Anderson this season, Draft the Monty Ball late because some of these guys are going to pay off. Absolutely, huge, huge. There's a guy in our league, um, Waxman, who actually started off with Pyro. He's the original Rain Man. Um, that's what he would do in every draft. He would grab all of the second guys, literally like seven or eight of them. I'm talking about Rain Man, I mean, he would get them all on his team, and he would end up with a couple of gems in there, and he'd be able to either. You know, cipher them off and get even better talent or, or whatnot. So it's a, it's a great way to go. Uh, let me let me just also jump on, on your point as well, dog, because it, it, it there are so many guys in your league who are just going to draft standard a quarterback with a backup, two running backs, two backup running backs, three wide receivers, three backup wide receivers. So true. And um, you know, this is cookies already. Yeah, no, that, I just had an idea. <laughs> <laughs> so what happens then is when you when you draft a team like that, it's almost impossible. To, to make trades, or it's harder to make trades because you don't have extra depth in one position. So you're not dealing from a position of strength where other people have a position of weakness. And by overdrafting that one position, you're then creating weakness for other teams and Very then true. creating trading partners. Yep. So you know, think of it that way. As long as you have a league that trades, uh, that, that's the most important part. Yep. And it's, it's sure. funny. You guys know your league. A lot of leagues I'm in, there's literally like two trades throughout the whole season. Then a guy like Rain Man in another league basically 
trades and wholesales and bundles these picks like you were just mentioning and has a oh, totally yeah. different team by week eight and week nine to and make a push for the playoffs. And the, and the truth have is, one player that he drafted on his team, and the rest will be players from other teams. And the truth it's is, it's amazing, and he's really good at it. He really is. Uh, <laughs> but here's the reason why: it's another reason to love the RSLS and love that draft kit. He looks at strength of schedule oh, yeah. in the most. Three games at a time. He'll literally make a trade for a three-week period. If he sees a player that is about to have a cakewalk three-week games, he'll grab him, play him, and move him. It's it's like nothing I've ever seen. And it's just when you look at that strength of schedule first, second half, or even three games at a time, and you're willing to just change things up, sometimes... It can really pay off. Yeah, so absolutely. Check out that uh, check out that strength of schedule and just the detail of it. Schedule. I might add a th- 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 the hi- highlight the three game stretches. Cakewalks, yeah. all top tens. Yeah, that's good. Call them cakewalks, and then we can eat it later. Oh, I'm hungry. God damn, I'm hungry now. Yeah. <laughs> it's never yeah, good. To be honest, it. it's never good to be uh, munching on edibles when you're hungry. <laughs> I can say this from personal experience. Back in the day, me and the Just money man Schwabies came back. He had might have had some brownies around. I brought a lady back, hadn't eaten all night, came back and started eating brownies. Let's just say, barfing and no punani for new nanny. Dude, that Merlo told me he got some poison, poison ivy out there, actually. He, he did? Yeah. Said you guys were out hiking and eating and, and whatever, and he that ended up with hilarious. poison ivy for a month. That really makes sense without having him. <laughs> <laughs> but actually, this story is actually goes back to when Money Man lived in Chi-Town, and that's like mm. old school. God Damn, was that a dumb move, hot Asian girl? Mm-hmm. Uh, all right, I've got Let's, one. Yeah, go. All right, always do end up with more running backs on your roster than any other position. You know, it's great having you know six wide receivers, but always have more wide uh, more running backs than wide receivers. Uh, running backs are going to bust the most, so having the you know other side of the committee. Uh, in your kind of depth chart or having, you know, flyers that could pay off in your depth chart or having, you know, a solid third running back when you don't even need them is going to pay off a lot bigger than having, you know, your fit, your sixth wide receiver. There's also a lot more wide receivers in the league to be had to, as a pickup here and there. You know, I, I mean, every team is going to have Every real team is going to have many wide, a lot more wide receivers on their team than running backs. Um, so anytime that there's an open position, somebody gets injured, there's always somebody coming up, and there's always somebody there to break out. You find your Charles Johnsons all the time. Wide receiver is a big breakout position in football, real football today. So if you can hold on to you know six six wide receivers in your draft. And overload on the running backs, you'll be able to find those 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 gems later that nobody knew about, and be able to pick them up. Keep them in the back of your head if you've got certain guys, you know, that you you, you know keeping an eye on at the beginning of the season. Write them down, watch them for a little bit. If something ever happens, jump on it immediately. That's something you could do. You already have the running backs on your team, and we we've, we've been talking up the running back position here. But have the wide receivers in the back of your head because that is a position that always comes out of nowhere. Yeah, and because there's always more wide receivers available on waiver wire yeah. than there are running backs. Because, and to use waiver wire priorities, you have to get to number one priority to grab the only running back that's available that's doing something. Because 
running backs everyone knows. Rookie running backs do things, so everyone drafts them. So there are no rookie, hardly anyone that's like left on the waiver wire that much at the running back position. So there are always, always a ton. Because in my league, we don't have any pickups until after week three, week eight, week 12. Week three because they moved up the bye weeks. But in all the time, it's like there's like one running back that gets taken and then it's, it's, it's wide receivers because all the running backs are on people's teams already. Yeah, and it's a good point. The reason why I think another added reason why there's a lot more wide receivers out there is now, while running backs might do stuff as rookies, there's a lot more wide receiver rookies that are draftable and scoring points than ever. So it even adds to the fact that, yeah, you've got the odds of you having three to five wide receivers on each team. There's a lot of new blood that's actually elitely talented. We looked at, we saw the numbers last year on how many rookies had epic seasons, and I think while the number will be down a little bit this year from from last year, the talent at the top might be just as good as the Beckham, the the the, the Evans. Let's put it this way with the, with running backs. Let's say there's an average of in in real football, two and a half running backs per team that are even worth considering. All right, that which, would which that would be, be way too that, high. That might be too, generous, that's yeah. probably too too high. So if that if it is two point five, that's eighty running backs that are even worth considering. I'd say you can probably knock off a good twenty five to thirty of that. So let's say there's fifty to fifty five running backs. If and you're in a ten team league, that's an average of only five five and a half to six running backs per team. Right. Okay. If you load up on that, that makes everybody else weaker. There. That means there's going to be play. You know, people are going to be wanting your running backs that you have. That, that leaves you the ability to go get wide receivers. There's also so many wide receivers out there. Like we said, there's so many in the waiver wire. You could always be picking up wide, uh, wide receivers off the waiver wire. You might as well have the running backs already. From my, what I've seen in, in my experience, um, where that becomes success, I see uh, you know, the, the teams that are drafting running back 7, 8, 9. Round 7, 8, 9, they just go running back, running back, running back. They go... You know, they already grabbed like the, they have their two, and then there's like I'm gonna grab these ones here. Yeah. And because because of that depth at wide receiver now, they can still go wide receiver, wide receiver, tight end, wide receiver in rounds 10, 11, 12, 13. Yep. And you get the same value from those wide receivers that you get from those running backs, but those running backs because of what you're saying, because of the 50 to 55 and everything, it creates more value for your team Absolutely. than if you're loading up wide receiver, wide receiver, wide receiver around 7, 8, 9, and then trying to grab running backs in rounds 11 through 13, there's none there. Yeah, you're looking at Kadeem Carey. Correct. No. Right. You're looking, looking at, at running back, you're looking at running back 60 through 75. Yeah, exactly. And another one of those things, sort of along the same lines, you guys are probably going to completely disagree with this, because I obviously have a much different draft strategy than you guys this year. But I want to leave the first six rounds with three running backs. In a standard three wide receiver, two running back league. So I, like I want to have three running backs. Uh, and I'm not saying, leave the sixth round with three. Uh, I'm not saying they're all going to be in the first three picks. And I'm not saying they're going to be round one, round three, four, and. You know, that's it. And I'm not saying it's going to be one round, one, three, and six. You know, fluid strategy as always. But I want to leave the sixth round with three running backs. I want to have a solid backup uh, right off the bat. Because I know one of them is going to bust. Can I call you out on something here? Sure. So you got three out of the first six. You have a Kelsey that you reached for. Now you got Maybe not. not. I'm, now you got now you got two. you got two tight ends out of your first... Six, or I mean, two wide receivers out of your turn because you're not going to go high on a quarterback. 
So you got two wide receivers in the first six, Travis, Travis Kelsey. Maybe, maybe. not. You're sure you're cha- the Unless, blood, the blood, the blood flow is, is, I ha- is lowering. I cannot get Travis Kelsey in the fourth round. I just can't bring myself to draft him in the fourth round anymore. Unless it's like fourth round pick ten, you know. Late. It's funny that you brought it because I was going to ask him when he was saying his, his thing earlier. He's waiting on um, quarterback and tight end. And I'm like, well, I thought you were Kelsey was your guy that you wanted. Kelsey to is my guy, right? But, but, but he's getting but you're not going to reach. But I'm, you can't I've reach for him. Been reach for him. I've been talking him up so much. He's streaming up draft boards. <laughs> <laughs> Everyone's got you. Get listen to that. Uh, so I want to go back fifty podcasts. I want to leave Kelsey's <laughs> my guy. <laughs> <laughs> but this season, I have it's elevated this. <laughs> I have elevated them so high. You can't relinquish. I have you elevated them up. so high. You can't break up with these people. No. <laughs> yeah, dog gets them forever. Dog is not hair of Dog plays no dynasty. He owns them for life. Dog's like a sheep herder. All these sheep, and you're the wolf that's coming in, taking that sheep away. They're not my sheep, you damn bastard. I want to leave with three running backs and three receivers. I, I like that. I, I, I want to have for me. I like. I like the idea. I want to have at least three running backs for sure through eight rounds, for me. Because I, I and, and maybe it's maybe it's three and seven. Because I agree. I don't know that I'm going to jump on a tight end because every time that I've done a mock and I've taken the tight end, the, you know, Garbage, first one, it's horrible. Like I hate my team. Yeah. I want to have like because, but I'm not. I'm, and again, I was the guy years ago when we 2011 2012. It's running back, running back. That's where you got to go. It's running back, running back. No, not at all. One running back, wide receiver. I want, and then I want to build wide receivers because where I there's so much value in those top thirty wide receivers that have so much potential that I want to get. I almost want to have four of the top thirty wide receivers, and then I'm just going to go hog wild like Dog said. My weaker position is the running back, and then I'm just going to just. Then I'm going to lay into them and go for like two or three rounds in a row where I'm three rounds in a row backups for running backs. And let's remember what we talked about earlier on the ROI on non PPR ADP. We we mentioned five guys that were in the two that weren't even drafted, two guys that were there at 190. There is in that fort in that third, 12, 13, 14, 15 round. There are running backs there. You just got to. Pile up on them and hope that you're throwing enough of them up against the wall that one of them sticks and some opportunity knocks. Uh, so I love the depth at the wide receiver position and couldn't agree with you guys more. I think there's more fantasy depth at every position than there ever has been. But that fall off of wide receivers to me is dramatic. Where the, at what point? The, I mean, I don't, I don't want to. Pretend like I know what the point is or whatever. But for you me, know in, my you're team, in my, my it's not about where they are. I'm just asking draft. it for you. Like, no. where do you think it falls off? I don't know. I don't have my tears in front of me, and this thing's recording. I don't know. Okay. But it when it falls off, it falls the wheels off. fall off. Yeah. Whereas when the when the running backs off, there's still a lot of stabs in the dark, and that's what it is. It's a lot of stabs in the dark. I, I mean, I would say it falls off for you probably around. Even go down further. Yeah, probably, probably, probably at about uh, right. tier six. Yeah, Macklin. And the, and the end yeah. of that tier is what number overall? Uh, our wide receiver. It's hard to tell. You so can you go down. You think down Mac- just uh, yeah, I was going to say Macklin's Macklin. probably where yeah. he's free. So yeah. Yeah. he has eight tiers in the top thirty-one. Right around thirty-two is where it, it dies for you. So which you're, is you're strangely about. your favorite player of all time. Who's that? Michael Crabtree. Crabby Patty. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> right around like wide receiver forty. I think it's real ugly. 
Exactly. But, yeah. But because I can get Nagalor at 38, and like, yeah, I'd love yeah. Nelson Aguilar. Here's, here's yeah. another great point for, for what you're saying. Yeah. Because, you know, where, where people are building their just straight, I have the best team, top to bottom at the end of the draft. It doesn't matter. How many of those guys that you have, when you have built like this team, which is just like perfectly balanced type team, how often are those other guys going to play? They're only going to play when a guy's on a bye or or this type of situation. What's more important is when you have studs, like how many times does it's happened, like the last four years in my league, where the, the teams that have the top three or four, top three teams as far as points scored. Has nothing to do with their bench. <laughs> it's who you're starting. And if your starters start, and I always look at their team, I'm like, God, their bench sucks. But their starters are starting, yeah. and they haven't gotten hurt. Yeah. So what's the point of drafting all that, the, the balance depth? It's better to take where, what dogs say. Go where your weakness is and go into it. And, and especially with those running backs, it's... That's that's the one that gets that has the most attrition to it. So that's where you need to be grabbing the most from. And don't worry how your team looks at the end of draft day. How often does your team look the same on draft day as it does at the end of the season? Rare. It's not right. I've never seen one team anywhere go completely healthy. You know. Starting lineup wise through an entire season. No, it's yeah. just not possible. It does. It doesn't happen. It just doesn't happen. Depth is important, but I agree. I do look at teams like God. That bench is terrible, and if players are healthy, it doesn't really matter all that much. But what, what do you got to say, Dogmaticus? No, I, I don't really got to say much there. I, 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 I'm good with that point. I'm good I, with the points there. I got something to say. Well, as you know, 1997 was quite a year. A lot of things happened. Some good, some bad. Mother Teresa died. That wasn't good. Unless you hated Mother Teresa. I myself was not a fan of hers. Don't ask why. We were just like oil and water. We didn't mix. Go Cubbies, go Cubs, go! So, what was our uh, sound? What was our music today? The music is the band Air, uh, one of the great old uh, minimalist and regular electronic bands out of France. Uh, duo, good stuff. Uh, and then that first song was uh, Cherry Blossom, and we're gonna close out with uh, Napalm Love. Uh, and then, obviously, these sound bites are Will Ferrell. Uh, doing um, uh, uh, Harry Carey, which is kind of funny that someone, uh, I think, I don't know who it was, but someone that gave us a review today on iTunes made it fu- made a joke of a worthless Will Ferrell uh, yeah, soundbite, yeah. and we're doing Will Ferrell today. It's got to be a mind right reader. Terrible Will Ferrell-esque movies or something along those lines. You're spot on, buddy. You know us, but thanks for the five stars. Um, that wasn't the opener, though. It was a different opener. Was uh bouncing on a, or something on I got a, it. Oh, what? Yeah. Oh, rock, something, something rocket. I did cherry, it wasn't cherry blossom, you're like, uh, hopping on a rocket, whatever. I don't remember what it is. Hey, I'll tell you but what. Sick band. <laughs> Real sick band. Good stuff. There's only a certain number of bands that I actually know the, the, the names of the songs. And it starts with yep. Led Zeppelin, starts with The Who, and it basically ends with a couple of Surfing on a rocket. Surfing on a rocket. You're right. It wasn't Cherry Blossom. My That's bad. It's painful. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> I'm going to give you guys a don't. And it goes back to what we were just saying. Don't be a dick. Give us a review on iTunes. <laughs> <laughs> 
Just kidding, just kidding. Um, you know, no, but for else, real, he wrote that down. I, <laughs> I would have forgotten if I hadn't. Uh, here's, here's something that obviously, if you're listening to the Pyro Podcast the way you do, you know we don't let, leave us a, a week off. We're a year-round opportunity. There's no off-season for us. Hopefully, while you're listening to us, you're taking your notes. You're building your tiers. You're getting going earlier. What I'm going to say here is my don't is don't be a crammer. Don't be a cram job. Don't be the guy that has your junior theme and start working on it four days before it's due. You got your biggest test of your life and you're studying for it for the night before it's the, the, the test is actually happening. Don't be a crammer. It is so much easier to set the tone and get the, the teams and get your tiers set and get the information into your brain and start thinking and doing your mocks and checking out news and fantasy sports. Don't be a crammer. You will be able to do less work over the next three and a half months by chipping away at it and doing it here and there than sitting there and being like, waiting till a week before, finding out all your information. You can't take it in. You can't take it in. There's too much happening. And I'm going to be honest, even in a league that I consider our oldest league, our best league, these guys that we play against, the Dogmatic League, these guys are fantasy football studs. They are great. But a lot of them cram. A lot of them are like, oh, I didn't study at all. And who knows? Who knows if they're saying that uh, just to make it seem like, you know, if they do well, that they were able to do it. With, and it's all talent. Who who knows? But at the end of the day, if, if you don't cram, if you're not cramming and you're steadying, steadying and getting all of your information starting now, starting earlier, and setting this up throughout the whole offseason, you are going to be in such a better spot. Start now. Don't cram. Get it going. Get your first version of the tiers. If you don't have it done already and you're listening to this podcast, then right away, then right away, get going and get uh, get set in your tiers. Don't cram. I'm with it. Great All point. Right. Who's, got, who's got one? I got one. And my, mine's kind of a conjunction of two, right? So uh, it's kind of a, I was I did so many do's and don'ts that I was like a do turned into also a don't. I wrote it both ways. So uh, the don't is don't freak out do. when the do look like a lady. Don't don't don't, don't, don't do that. Like uh, I'm not singing this podcast. Don't <laughs> don't <laughs> freak out when the player that you want is drafted right in front of you. Okay. And, and the do is, always have more players prepared to draft than there are picks ahead of you. You should never get to the point where the player that you want is taken ahead of you, and then you're freaking out and going, oh my god, what am I going to do? Uh, I, I, don't, I don't know who to pick. And then you see all these guys are always shuffling through all their, their papers. Who should I draft? Who should I draft? If you have four picks away from you, you have five players ready. It's that simple. Yep. You just you, you, you map it out. Every time that your pick's coming... Make sure that by the time you have you just have your list and you know that if that guy goes, you may be, you may be coveting that guy and he's taken, but you have two other guys prepared that you have to choose from. It's it the it's the backup. It's the Rambo plan. It, Rambo, if one place he couldn't get out of, he would go the other way. He would have a backup plan every time. That guy doesn't live through. Ten different wars and come out alive. I'm surprised now you didn't go for the A team on that one because always have a plan B. Always have a plan B. 
I watched Rambo First Blood on Sunday. I woke up, walked the dog, came and wanted to watch some TV. It's so good. Uh, it movie's so good. So good. So good. I could watch it over and over and over and over again. It's, and I do. <laughs> I, I do. Every time I've seen it's on. It, I've seen it tons of times. <laughs> it, is, it, is, it is such a good... Nothing! Oh, God. That nothing! Yeah. Nothing is over! Yeah, nothing is over. Nothing. <laughs> it's not over! Uh, I'm not going to try and do Sylvester Stone crying, but that movie is dominant. If you're listening... Have you watched... Have you seen First Blood? Yes. Okay, good. Thank do you know God. when that was written? You want to know who wrote it? Yeah. I know who wrote it. Yeah. James Cameron and Sylvester Stallone. Oh, the, the new book. No, there was a book originally, but the screenplay was written by James Cameron mm. and Sylvester Stallone. Yeah, but that's not awesome. the, the book was written that's by sick. a guy yeah. who was actually... I saw James Cameron. I, now, I'm not talking about the book. It was obviously written by, uh, what, probably a guy. This is probably a true story. But when I read, I was watching the movie the, on Sunday. And I was, David Morrell, who, who taught at University of Iowa. Nice. I actually had a teacher who took us to the room and showed us this little Hubble... Like, I had to be like five feet by five feet with like this crap piled everywhere. Goes, this is where David Morrell wrote First Blood. That's sick. That's sick. Awesome. Uh, all right, I'm gonna do. And actually, just as a, as a plug too for writers out there, I have this David Morrell like book on writing. Fantastic. Like, great for anyone that's like trying to get into it. It's like so easy to understand. Great, great stuff for writers. Love it. Loving it. All right, I'm going to give a don't right now that goes against a lot of the things that you guys were saying before, and I feel strongly about it. Don't draft three running backs in the first five rounds. I just think, like, you're trying to build a good team, a solid team, a deep team. Running backs are a part of that. But you're not trying to draft the best running backs in the league. Dogmatica, I'll ask you a question. You did it in your only one league last year. You did your first pick, three picks. We talked about it earlier with running backs. Would you ever do that again? Uh, no, to be honest, I won't. What no. about top five? Do you want three I, running backs in your top five? I could, I could do three with the top five if I was 100% confident in my other two. But three and six is a lot more doable, as, as Stag Party was saying. Three and six is, three and is six, a lot more. I, 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 I might do three that. and five. I might do three and five. I like three and six. I do. I might do a three and three call to be honest. I, I'm saying I'm going to get three and three, but here's the wide receivers I can get in the sixth round: Amari Cooper, Kevin White, Nelson Aguilar. You know, a bunch of guys I like a lot. Uh, here's the running backs I can get in the sixth round uh, off the top of my head. Uh, you know, Giovanni Bernard, um, <coughs> Darren McFadden. I like uh, that. You know, a couple of those type of guys. So I feel like in the fifth round, the give, guys give me I, some other uh, wide receivers that aren't rookies that you can get though in in the sixth round because Nelson Aguilar and Mark Cooper, Kevin White, these are all rookies. Let me look it up. Yeah, somebody <laughs> somebody has the least charged battery of all time over there. <laughs> I hey, it, 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 it's either that or you don't get any more. Uh, Smith in the world of sports, Mike Tyson bit a man's <laughs> ear off. I, like I don't know what all the hoopla was about. I've actually bit a man's ear off on several occasions. <laughs> and I'm not proud of it, but it helped me out of many a jam. All right, let's talk why, running backs in the fifth round versus wide receivers in the fifth round. Can you Oh, I can, what, what do you want from me? <laughs> <laughs> get, get, get to work, dog. Dun, dun, dun. <laughs> I'm just looking at our tiers, just throwing guys out there that I think would maybe be you know, in the sixth round there. Uh, running backs that would maybe be in the fifth? Uh, T.J. Yeldon, Yeldon, I'm Jonathan Stewart, Kevin Coleman for you guys, Frank, nah, Frank, stop Gore, naming rookies, Frank Gore's the fourth. <laughs> hey, that's just the way it turns out in the fifth J- round. Joy Bell, 
There you Car- go. Carlos Hyde. Yeah. Crowell. Carlos know. Hyde isn't. I think his ADP, his ADP is ridiculous. Yeah, we won't talk about Carlos Hyde. He's Thirteen. Def- 13. He's definitely not going to be around when we're talking Carlos. Well, Hyde. that's what I'm going to say. Wow. Let's not let's not make speculation. Let's go to ADP. Uh, and, and, and as we're yeah. doing these podcasts, let's start firming some of those numbers and knowing where people Agreed. are going and have some printouts. I hate listening to podcasts where you know we do it ourselves. Yeah, it's right. guessing, I'm throwing you, out numbers, uh, and we all do it. It's hard not to. Uh, you don't know until you know. But build draft, draft depth. I just not into five rounds, three running backs. It, it just seems to be. It seems to be. Uh, uh, seems to be a way that, that, that you're going to have a bad receiving core. And I can agree with you. I, I still think three and six might. It, it, it could happen. It could work. And I think it could work this year. Because I think you can, through the first six rounds, go without drafting a quarterback and without drafting a tight end. Three. So at that point in time, then, yeah, I, I can, however however it shakes out. Well, three and three is, sounds pretty sweet. Pretty, yeah, well, I, 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 I kind of think we can. I'm not saying, when I said that you, I didn't say you had to draft a quarterback. No, 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 exactly. no, no, right. Not. No, we didn't. But, so, I mean, you can get your Matt Ryan a little bit later, something like that. That's fine. You could end up going three and three. But I would definitely not draft a tight end in that. No, no, not at all. I, I agree. But what I'm saying is, as I look at it more worldview, bigger, bigger picture, macro, I, I say, as I start looking at it and I see all the mocks and I start picturing in my head where I've gotten quarterbacks, what quarterbacks are available in round seven, eight, nine, what tight ends are available in seven, eight, nine. There's there's plenty of them there. That so we're we're what Stags is saying we're we're. It's three and five, and you're disagreeing with it. Well, maybe it is because maybe that's where the value is, and then your third wide receiver comes in around six. But I could easily see, and maybe that's a good strategy to look at. Through six rounds, you want to have three running backs and three wide receivers, and then then you start to fill in those auxiliary positions because you're giving yourself a much stronger base at more important positions, the skill positions where they score a lot of fancy points. Stags, give us something. Do not sit. And talk like an expert at your fantasy draft. Do not start giving people advice on who they should take and on how you can't believe this guy is still on the board and then he gets snagged from you and you're going to choke a motherfucker out because he stole your dude because you talked him up. And, and to, to write on that, to write on that, don't mention players when you're in the draft. That aren't drafted yet. Right. Is there anything more annoying than that? Like, there's guys on the board like, oh, Shut you should have taken this guy or that guy. You cannot, that is sacrilege. You cannot mention a player that is still available ever in a draft. You are a Hold arguing on. ISIL Hold if on. you do that. You said, <laughs> be a Benedict Arnold. So go ahead and throw out those players who you don't want though, right? I don't think That's I don't. True. This is this no, what you said. No, no, but I don't. They, I, I'm not saying. I'm not saying mentioning players. If I do not feel like you can be mentioning players in a draft. I agree. Wow. I, I if if you're off and you're talking to someone while you're barbecuing or you're in between picks or you're by the fridge grabbing a beer and you want to under your. But when people start mentioning, it happens all the time. Dolman, who you mentioned earlier, shut. The biggest proponent of and, and Miranda, because he's still on the the same the same guy. Here's another one. Don't be the guy who goes, is this guy still on the board? <laughs> yeah. Is this guy still on the board? Dude, look at the screen. Now you just let someone know, oh wait, I was totally over here. 
because uh, I don't do tears and I'm an asshole and I got a magazine and I'm going through every friggin' page and right now I'm picking up. Oh wait, where's the where's the game log for the Vikings? Uh, I have. Don't be that guy. It's this guy on the board. You are a complete d bag. I love it because I have a live draft. Okay. I have the big board on my wall. It's like it's like six feet big. Okay, I'm putting up stickers. Is that in all front the of or behind? What do you do with the T. Y. Hilton? The the bedhead. Head? It's, 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 it's on the ceiling. It's on the ceiling of the bedroom. That's not just not in the draft room. Come on, man! I'm in the main room here. But I got the huge board up. And if what you're saying is I have there's, there's two guys in my league every year who are like uh, I want this guy. He was drafted three rounds earlier. Oh well, they give me this guy. Drafted two rounds earlier. Uh, give me the look at the board. It's standing in front of us. You see? I like look an idiot. At it. I like an idiot. Yeah, look you're up. an idiot for Rock, the sixth time. Up. I don't Rock like up. a guy that's gonna let someone else. You don't like someone smile, else. Yeah, I like an idiot. In my no, opinion. because then what like happens? Who's asking what, questions? No, no, no. Because this, this is what happens ideas. though. Because then there's like, because he's like, you know, we have certain friends. You always have certain friends in your league. I have very competitive leagues, but I have a couple donators, and and this donator finally made the playoffs for the first time in like. Ten years, and but what happens is when he's struggling like that, one of our other smart guys, who's his, who's his closer friend, will be like, "Look, take one of these guys." Or they're like, "Shut up! What are you doing? It's his draft. It's not you to tell him who to pick." And then what? You're cherry picking to pick which guys you want to tell him to draft so that you can get the guy that you want. It's it's that's that's BS. I don't like that stuff. I agree. I agree. Here, draft Joy Bell. <laughs> Here. It's hilarious when Mo drafted Michael Humanawanawai. <laughs> like, you really drafted Humanawanawai. I mean, holy cow. And the funnier part was him, him trying to pronounce the name. Yeah. Um, <laughs> all right, I'll do, a, I'll do a quick don't. We've all done it ourselves personally, so it's not. It's just something that happens along the way. But karma, from a karma standpoint, be the guy that pays early. Be a guy that's paying on time. Be the guy that can get... The money out. There's nothing worse than being a champion and having to friggin' go hunt, hunt down your cash. There's nothing worse than you know, even winning most points or whatever a second place and have being like, oh friggin' hey, where's hey, Kavina? Where's our cash? Quinn? Where's our cash? <laughs> it, there's just nothing worse than it. Yeah. So if you can bring, even if even if that check for that for the for the league that year isn't good, bring a check. Bring it and say, I've paid. Let me know when you're cashing this friggin' thing. And to be honest, mostly the check is standing, post pinned to a board somewhere throughout the league. No one wants to just cash all the checks and then be on the hook for that, you know, friggin' 17 weeks later. I'm drawing interest off you, motherfucker. You, <laughs> I, I deposit that Absolutely. shit right away and I take my 3.5%. I love Stags. I was swearing a, a month ago. Every time I swore, Stags like, we went all I'm, out. I'm kicking a guy out of my league this year. A guy in my league who had won the year league two years in a row. Okay, I'm guaranteed the winner in my league gets at least a thousand bucks. He won two years in a row, always a late payer, and then this last year didn't make the playoffs. I'm still trying to collect the goddamn money. You know that's BS. Yes. You know how I let you? I'm like, I, and I was like, I'm trying. I'm being the nice guy because it's like you know we only have these supplemental drafts. I'm like. You're not allowed to draft a supplemental draft. Oh, you know, I'll get you this, I'll get you that. Okay, I'll let you draft because I'm a nice guy. I shouldn't even let it, you know, it, it, that's never going to happen you're 40 anymore. and you can't afford your leagues? That's what I'm saying. Like, <laughs> uh, you know. Don't be in a league if you can't afford it. Right. <laughs> that's and, another and, good I'll, I'll tell you, and this is that's my a, last, That's a good don't. That's, that's a don't. Don't be in a league. 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 Don't be in a league
do learn how to spell Roethlisberger. If you don't know how to spell that name, you're out of the league. <laughs> Period. What about if I, when I spell it, I do Roethlisberger? Is that the a double? Spot? A double? Let me just spell that, it correctly. I'm a like. double? A double fur burger? Yo, that's Metten. Uh, Metten my burger. Zach, yeah. Metten the double fur burger. Metten the double fur burger. Metten the double fur burger. Oh R O E. All right. Hey, I got some. Yeah. All right. Uh, that's not your last dog. We still have. I got. I got we a still bus. have more time. All right, uh, here's one. Here's one that I, I really like. Oh my goodness! Don't grab players uh, just because at a position, just because there's been a run, you know, where all of a sudden there are like five uh, quarterbacks go or, or five running backs go, and you're like, oh my god, I got to grab a running back right now. Look at your, you know, as long as you're planning ahead, especially like in the early rounds when there's a huge run on, on a position. You're not getting value when you're drafting the eighth guy, and you can have a guy who's a, a, a tier way up ahead. Well, here's a good segue for our main man, the number one Mimi boy. The guy is throwing out some awesome images uh, every friggin' time we do something on Facebook. Philip Kin, you're the man. Sorry, our uh, our our uh, ODB, oh, yeah, our ODB shirt only goes to double XL. You are the man. We friggin' love what you're doing, dude. One of his questions was also, every draft has a trend. Do you think it's okay to follow the trend, like you're talking about, going on that run, going at that moment, or sticking to your guns and follow your board? What do you guys think? I know I have my yeah, opinion. Can I jump yeah. first? Yeah. Because here's, here's one of my do's. Trust your preparation. Okay? You did all this preparation. Trust it. Just because all that runs happening, don't freak out about it. You you have a plan. You stick to your guns. And and again, I just look at it when, when there's a straight run on all these positions, and, and what will happen is where, where, where it kicks people, and, and it goes back to one of the other ones I had, don't reach on a kicker or a defense. You'll see like all of a sudden around 12 or 13, kicker, 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 kicker going. Oh, i got to grab my kicker now. No, you don't. Or the defense. No, you don't. Wait. Trust your preparation. Grab the players, and it, and it, again, it's all based. And again, it's all based on your tiers. So there don't That's freak it. out. That's it. Don't freak out about this. This great players. It's all a matter of what does your tier say. Your tier sheet will tell you if you need to grab that player now, or if you should be going for a guy who is in another position four tiers ahead. There you go. I think I'll, I'll say this really quickly. I think the biggest, one of the biggest benefactors in those mid to late rounds that tiers provide is that you can go on the opposite side. One, you can be creating those runs. Be the creator of the run. Be the, be the person that is the one that does something, not with kicker or defense, mm -hmm. but does that run like, oh, jeez, oh, my God. Be the guy that's not following the pack. Um, I think tiers deliver that so friggin' much. I've said this before on the podcast. There's a there's a there's a well known um, you know developer in the city that our buddy Moltz works with. He his line and Moltz always says this in, in, in business and it's kind of a parallel that I use all the time. And I think when people and this is in real estate when people are running I walk, when people are walking I run. Do the different do the opposite not just to do it and you know be different but watch be the trend creator. Or when there's other trends that are hot, go the opposite route. Now I'll give another thing that you always say, D-Rex. Do have a 11 by 17 printout of your tiers. So it's all on one page. It's big. It's in front of you. Then when this happens, 
You have it right here. It's yeah. on one page. You're not flipping through multiple pages of, of oh, I gotta go through my quarterback uh, rankings. Now I gotta go through my running back rankings. Now I gotta go. No, it's all on one page. It's easy for you to see. You can see where the value is. Okay, I still have space Birds here. This tier. And yeah, and then, then or I need to jump up here because wow, the value is just barking me in the face. Love it. What are your thoughts on the uh, on the running well, I, trends and how, how do you like to approach it? You know, I, first of all, I, I did write this down. I mean, that, that was that was this was actually my last one. Don't fall for a run on a certain position. Uh, it should be that you should normally be the one to start a run, not the one to follow it. But it's also, as is with everything, it's a fluid situation. You know, if it does happen to be at a, at a point where it's towards the end of, let's say, it's the third tier, and other tiers are gone, the other one, you could stick with it. You know, if, if four or five tiers are gone or something with your running backs, and a couple of tiers are gone with the quarterback, and you already have one, and you don't want the tight end yet, you could stick with the run. That's okay. It's a fluid situation. You don't always have to go against the trend. Yep. But... Yep. In, in most circumstances, uh, it's better not to follow it. It's better to start. I agree. If you're on the clock and the last guy in, like, Tier 4 running back is still available and your Tier 5 wide receivers are already gone, go ahead and draft the Tier 4 running back. You might be following the trend, but, hey, you rank that guy similarly to all the guys who are either being drafted ahead of him or who were drafted ahead of him, so you don't have a problem. And you created that tier, so you don't have a problem with it. You already knew that you didn't have a problem with it when you created that. And the tier, it just happened to be the word, the way the word broke. It's not necessarily you following the run. It's just, hey, that's what available, that's what was available to me at that time. You know what's available to me right now? Valverde! You know what? I have a couple of friends that call me Whiskers. <laughs> I bet you do. Yes, I, I do. I do have a beard. I, I, I'm one of them. Um, <laughs> call me so, Whiskers? Uh, <laughs> uh, so this reminded me actually of a dude that I, I, I forgot to put down here, but it's definitely something that you have to do. And we've kind of been uh, alluding to it throughout this whole pod, uh, podcast here. Write down the picks as they go or if there's a big board pay attention to it because sometimes a trend will end itself because of what's coming up next if you're in that two spot and it's on the back end of a snake and running backs are going like crazy and it's coming to you but you know that team one already has his fill of running backs you don't need to grab a running back there even if it's there you can grab something else if you know what the teams next to you have you can avoid making a mistake and grabbing a wide receiver when that guy was never going to grab a wide receiver in his next two picks because he already has 17 of them. That, that is the point. So it was one of, that was my next one. Be aware of who's draft, what, what's been drafted around you because there are times where it's like you're, just, you need to, you're on that wrap. It's always when you have, like, especially for the people who are not even at two, maybe at three and eight mm-hmm. in a 10-team league yep. or even in a 12-team league. When you're eight nine, you're sitting there going, "Okay, I got I got five or six picks in between. I'm going to pick again." Well, do they? I need a quarterback. Well, he has a quarterback. He's got a quarterback. He's got a quarterback. Oh, this one also has a backup. I don't need to reach for the quarterback right now. I can wait till it comes around. But if I leave this running back here, oh, he's only got two. He's only got one. I'm not going to see this guy. So know when you need to take the guy based on what the other people are doing around you. One hundred percent. I'm gonna do. Uh, I'm gonna do one. Thank you. Whiskers, you're so correct. 
I'm going to do a quick uh, little Pyro promo. Uh, Mo, in his videos, talked about it before. Pyromaniac Mo has done some great videos uh, for us. Uh, his last one was actually with um, an undrafted player, uh, Kareem Taylor. Kar Kar Carleaf yeah, Taylor. Carleaf Taylor, uh, a defensive lineman uh, on the Giants. Great interview, a little shorter, but like 22 minutes. Great guy. I'm rooting for this guy. It's up on pyromaniac.com right now. Check out that video. Good stuff. Mo's doing a lot of great stuff. He's uh, finishing up a bunch of uh, his own personal stuff that's going on right now for the next couple weeks. Uh, we're, we're thinking about you, buddy, on all those things and, and, and wishing you the best. Going to get back in the mix, finishing up school and all that. But, dude, keep it up. Keep reaching out. Those videos are epic. Can I, can I, I want to throw a shout-out to Mo. When, when I think of Mo now, I go back to In Living Color. Mo money, Mo money, Mo money. <laughs> It's almost as good as a Valverde beer. Hey, how about this mad cow disease? A <laughs> uh, quick little question, and I, I think we're 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 coming closer to an end here, which is fine. Uh, from Twitter, this question comes, and this is from D Watts. What's up, man? Uh, we love hearing from you here and there. Pyromaniac, share draft party details. Houdini, you might be our guy for this. Where do you get a draft board? Other than cash, do you win trophy? Are there rings? He's kind of talking about the whole experience of being a commissioner and being at the live draft and all that stuff. Where are some some resources uh, for a guy like that to get his draft board and how do you have fun? Both of you guys kind of knocked this out. Well, for me, with like, all, all my leagues are on CVS, and so as long as you do the early bird sign up, you always get the draft board with it. Um, other than that, I'll tell you this: CVS bricked on us last year. And they didn't get us a goddamn draft board. Ooh. But you know what we did? I went out and I bought a foam board. And, and then we, we, we scaled it out. And we bought different, uh, like there were smaller, probably like post two inches. Yeah, little post notes are like, by, like a half inch by like uh, two inches. The different colors. And so that way we had different color for each position. And that way we were just, we were writing them out. We are putting them on the board. Oh, you got like, crafty. Yeah, sounds we got like crafty. You, we had our own sounds like you, you went gosh. straight up now, Pinterest, now, let, me, let, me, let me double down on the crafty because this is the league where um, we didn't have, uh, uh, the trophy that, we, that I initially had, I'd split off with a previous commissioner. And he railroaded me into giving him all the stuff, which was fine. And then we actually built our own trophies. This is the one where I have my Walter Payton and my um, Jerry, Rice. Jerry Rice. We should almost, uh, I'll give you pictures of that again so you can post those yeah, up there. Yeah, love it. Um, and we just kind of woodcrafted. We spent about $200 uh, on each one to, to, to create, stain, you know, buy all the, the, uh, the, the different plaques or whatever. But we have it set where these are like um, original, unique trophies. And... What's cool about them is they each have like the, uh, what, what's the figurine? Is it the McFarlane figurine or something like that? Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Tom so it's like, so the cool thing is that it's like the, the our main trophy, because our league is the Walter Payton Memorial League. It's got, we actually took an image, my buddy took an image of what old Soldier Field looked like when, when uh, Walter Payton played out, when it was the AstroTurf. And we made a little printout, so that actually covers the top of the trophy. And then we have Walter, who's sitting with his one toe on the 34-yard line. And he's, like, you know, running like with the football. Then we took, for our points trophy, we made, and that's a real wide, big trophy. It also has, like, the uh, the pillars that we created on, on the side, just like at Soldier Field. Uh, and and it's it's a substantial one. Because the, the, that's the winner. That's, that's the main trophy. 
And the uh, the points trophy is the Jerry Rice trophy, your guy. And we have like green shag carpeting for grass, and he's like leaning off the edge, catching the football, and it's just, just it's a unique. Make them your own. Don't buy from but anyone. Do you really else. want either of these? I, mean, I do. On your oh my god, these are these are amazing. No, because these are the coolest, most unique trophies that are like. Is you gotta, like, you gotta is this like it. the uh, is this like the uh, the RG three or Mariota Subway sandwich trophy? No, better than that. Come on, <laughs> don't compare that. Come okay. on. I've always been a fan of you know the championship belts, so that you can discount, double check. Those are pretty cool. Uh, you can find those sources all through online. And stuff I get like an that. email literally once a week from a company out of Pakistan. I'm not. I can't make this stuff up. That does fantasy football trophies. And they're located in Pakistan. They're like, we want you to be an affiliate. We want you to buy it. It's like, dude, I'm just, no offense. Not, nothing against Pakistan, but we're not going to be forging a relationship. <laughs> it's like, it's can, like I, can, I get, can I get off the list, oh. please? Ooh, yes, Ooh, I'm pointing on that one. Yeah. FIFA and Qatar. Other football. <laughs> All right, so I've got one more. I got I got a couple more, but I think we can. Uh, we I can, can I can go rapid go rapid fire on the. No, 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 I got a, I got a, I got a good one here. I think. Basically, here's what I'll say. It's a do, and I don't. <laughs> no, it's a do. It's a do. If if your lady will do it. Oh yes, I like this one. Basically, on draft day, get laid. Go if you got a girlfriend, she's not gonna have to deal with you unless she's in your league, which is kind of weird. You're, uh, You're double dipping then. <laughs> it, it, and if she is in your league, go to during the draft, go in the bathroom, go get laid, shag her on like round six, and be like, "Honey, I'll give you, I'll give you, I'll leave you, I'll trade you this next pick. Just get, just <laughs> let me, let me slip in the tip." Uh, <laughs> the truth is, I'm gonna say, get laid on draft day before you go. You're stressed out. It's the culmination of a lot of weeks of work. You got you don't know what's going to happen. There's a lot of uh, scenarios that can go your way or not. If you listen to Pyro and you're do- doing the right thing, you're going to be prepared. But just to take the edge off, just to kind of you know get yourself in a fired up, happy mood, make your wife have sex with you, or be romantic with her. Figure out something. But get laid. And if you don't have a girlfriend, rub one out. Just get any sexual tension or any 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 issues you ha- have. I know not all of us, some of you that are deep in your marriage probably haven't had sex in a few years. I don't expect her to say, I'm draft day. Yeah, let me, let me, let me give it up to you, you putts. Go have fun with your drinking putzes. Uh, but make it happen. Figure it out. I really do think that releasing uh, some sexual tension <laughs> on draft day, it can help you out a lot. I'm not kidding. <laughs> I'm not kidding. Uh, or, or just eating a fat nug. <laughs> eating, yeah, eating the fat nug. <laughs> that's the way to go. Well, that's because I'm saying. <laughs> <laughs> no, truthfully, yeah, I am not a proponent of eating eating any edibles, drinking before the draft. Don't do that. Come to your draft sober. Yep. Have your plan gone. If you if you're buzzed by round six, it's all right. You'll have your tears. You'll be able to get it. But do not start have sex. Drunk. Don't start drunk and don't eat any edibles. <laughs> How about don't get wasted during your draft? Yeah. And then you and then well, so it's, if you prepare, I mean, I can well, no, get wasted okay. with my tears. There are people, though, but there are people who get wasted and then they get distracted. 
If you are one of those people, don't do it. Don't do it. Don't do it. Yeah. Know yeah. yourself. Yeah. Can't agree with that. All right. Yeah. Any more? Uh, any more do's or don'ts? Yeah. Well, uh, how about a don't? As I've said in, in a previous podcast, take too many rookies. Yeah. I've good. been burned good. by that one uh, the last two years. So. All right. Don't gonna do, do rapid fire here. Uh, I'm gonna say take players. This is the power in numbers. Take players and good teams. Yep, I like Make that. Make sure you do that. There's no reason to do uh, take a bunch of guys on a team that's going to score uh, 22 passing touchdowns and don't have four rushing. Jaguars. Yeah, yeah, stuff like that. Yeah. And I like their upside. I like the way that their their trajectory is better than it was when last year when they had just don't like all the upside on one team. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Power numbers take teams to score fantasy points. Be smart about that. Uh, and then my last one is just be innovative. Make your plan. Put your imprint on it. Um, you know, if you're a genius about it and it works, great. If it doesn't, if it backfires, but do something innovative. Try to be your fantasy football's version of, of uh, you know, Bill Walsh, and not your fantasy football version of uh, uh, I'm spacing Whiny. the name Whiny or uh, Dave Wanstead. Yeah. Dave Wanstead. <laughs> no, or Whiny like all the SEC guys right now about all right. the, the camp things because. We're going to lose players to the Big Ten and the Pac-12. Shut up, Alabama. Nick Saban, you get every number one recruiting class for the last five years. Yeah. But who the other guy I was thinking about was the Tampa Bay coach that I can't believe. Lovey. Lovey. Don't be Lovey. Yeah. Be Walsh. Be innovative. Do something interesting. Beat, beat. 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 Beat, beat, beat. beat. Albert Einstein. He's a good kid. Do, do a live draft. Mm -hmm. If possible, do a live draft. Do it with your buddies. Do it, you know, all in the same place and build that camaraderie. Talk that shit. Spit that spear campaign. You know, you know, just have good times that you're going to remember for the rest of your life. Piss on their legs. What's what's that? Piss on their legs (laughs) under the table. Piss them off really bad. And then... You know, sitting at home doing it in your laptop and your draws is probably fun, but you're not going to remember that in five years, but you can't remember the time the guy fell over while trying to say Ben Roethlisberger. <laughs> <laughs> that is true. Um, I got nothing else. I'm, I'm good. I think that's a lot of do's and don'ts. Or, or I got one more, one more Make don't. Make it fast. Don't take too many unproven players. Like, if you're bulking up on all these unproven players... Make sure that you have guys, you know, you always want to have risers, but don't have risers that you're just trying to project. Don't draft five projection guys, okay? But at the same time, don't draft uh, 2012s right. uh, all, all fantasy football don't, don't draft the Have some sort of foresight right. where don't try and project too many and take too many risers, but also balance it out. Project some guys that you think are going to make that payday this year, and there's nothing more unrewarding than being the team that, that drafted the best fantasy squad from three years ago. Or don't draft the five Derek Masons where you only have this high of a ceiling and you're bumping into it every time. How high? He's got, yeah, he's got his hands up to just under Just underneath, my, underneath yeah. my face. <laughs> right, right by his whiskers there. Whiskers! And I guess I do whiskers. have one more. Yes. Check out the contract here, guys. It, it helps a little bit. Some guys will play for the money. And you'll be able to pick them out when you when you read their names. And the one guy, me, Macklin. The one guy yeah. that I think is that way this year against all the things that I don't really like him, but uh, Alshon, Alshon Jeffrey, Jeffrey contract year. Look at those guys. I totally agree. Contract year. 
My final important. two. I'll give him my final two. Do. <laughs> do. Final two. It's a do and a don't. I got a do and a don't. I got a do and a don't. Do familiarize yourself with dog's strength and schedule. Do that. Have that with you. That's key. Don't outthink yourself. And I can't believe we haven't said this before, seeing as how we say it every podcast. Do know your rules. Know your league. Fine. Don't I got career year. Screw it. I keep remembering these. <laughs> I might as well throw, throw these out there. Don't worry about buys. Don't worry about the Thank buys. Thank you. I'm all for that, too. Don't yeah. worry about buys. Yeah. But at the same time, okay, here's the difference. Do know the schedule of players you're targeting or like or I'm picking in the championship game. Yes. Know where who you guys are playing week 14, 15, 16. Know where you got. There's nothing worse. It happened to Andrew Luck, the best of the best last year, but had a tough strength of schedule in the last two games. Hurt a lot of teams. He got you there, but then he gets you there, and he's one of your issues. Goes back to familiarize yourself with dogs, strength of schedule. Yeah, Absolutely. Does. Look at that SOS and that playoffs. <coughs> guys, that was a great Brownie that I took just now. <laughs> <laughs> just kidding. It's only Wednesday. I only do stuff like that on holidays on the weekend. Uh, we love you. This has been a sick podcast. Draft days, do's and don'ts. We're here all year round for you. Uh, we're throwing down the knowledge, the fantasy goo. Houdini, nice work. Stag party. Excellent. Dogmatica. Let's fire it up. If you guys have any questions, hit us up on Twitter. Uh, Twitter.com forward slash P-Y-R-O-M-A-N. The number one AC. We told you earlier where you can get the podcast. Subscribe on iTunes. Please do all that. Uh, Facebook, Please give us a review. We Give us a review. Facebook, we're doing it. Uh, anyway, Draft Kit Suite. We got Pyro Pro. We have a confirmed launch date. And it's exciting and daunting at the same time, but we're excited to announce to you because some people are like, has Pyro Pro launched yet? No. July 4th, Pyro Pro is launching, and we had a great pre- uh, It's our meeting. Independence Day. It's Independence Day, mm-hmm. man. We're going to get this stuff our up, Independence. and it's going to be friggin' awesome. We're fired up. Guys, we love you for joining us on this journey. We are sh- closing this thing out with Napalm Love by Air Out.
If you had a choice between being the top scientist in your field or getting mad cow disease, what would it be? Oh, good. I was worried you'd choose mad cow. <laughs>